boy. Yeah. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 135. On tonight's episode, the fat man is joined by his mad friend Roder as they talk about the Seraphon or Lizard Men or whatever they call themselves after their multi-thousand year trek throughout the universe on those flying ships in space things or whatever they call it in the memories and the depths and the ships and the whatever they call it. Just listen and shut it. I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next few hours, I'll be doing the best I can to share with you my love of tabletop wargaming and probably some of my various other fandoms, bringing you constellations, memories, and the continuation of the story of the old world. I'm Dave Whitek, and with me tonight is the man who knows the Seraphon so intimately, he knew them when they were simply called Lizardmen. Please welcome back to the show my dear friend, Rotor. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Rotor? Not a whole lot. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, and thank you so much for coming back to the show. My number one fan favorite guest host. (laughs) Well... Um, I, I, I pander to the audience with my tales of poop. So. <laughs> are you kidding? I've been listening to other shows and people are like, oh yeah, White Tech's having Rotor on to talk about, oh, we got to listen to that. Stop. <laughs> no, seriously, I did. I literally You're going to make my head week. bigger than my gut. Let's move on, baby. <laughs> well, then I guess, okay, if we're going to move on, then let's, uh, I guess we got to take a, we got to talk to the, we got to pay the bills here. Would you mind helping me out with this part here? I never help. Uh, what? <laughs> Hey, um, the sponsors of Garage Hammer are Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Mercia Miniatures. That's M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures.com. Mantic Games. For your rank and flank army needs. The TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan. You ain't wrong. And Battle Foam, protecting your army. Trying to steal a little bit of your thunder on this one. I saw know. that one. It was coming up there. I thought yeah, you were going to say know Army. I don't know if I could really do it. You didn't give me enough go, material. Do it. You, go for it. Do you, it. Oh, you took all the punchlines. I can't do it. Oh, and Battle oh, Foam protecting oh, your. Me. Nice. Right. <laughs> all right. What are we doing now? All right. Uh, let's see. What are we doing now? Let's see. Right now, right about now, uh, well, we would go into voicemail, except guess what? What's up, buddy? Dude, nobody's been leaving us voicemail lately, so it's like the voicemail crew, the people who normally leave us voicemail, they all decided that they were playing a different game. So my usual not voicemail a, yeah, colors. There's not enough events for guys to get drunk and call in. Well, yeah, and I guess we'll that's what it is. Blame it on Christmas, whatever. But, well, you know, there could be that too. But if you did want to call and leave a voicemail, and we love it, it's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. And if you're an what international, international call- callers? Thanks, Rotor. <laughs> international callers, most countries dial 001-757-GH-SHOW-6. And if you don't have letters on your phone, and that's I don't. 001 757-441-4696. Call now. Mm, operator's standing by. <laughs> Actually, I think it's the master engineer who set up the voicemail message, so you'll oh, well, hear him harassing you. Of course he, yeah. It's, it's, hey, I got a legit question. Oh, um, okay. What are you going to do, or what is he going to do once 
the Dwarden drop, assuming that Dwarden are coming soon. Like, does he get retired? Do you do you hire one of those flame dudes to intro the show? What where are we going from here? I got a feeling that if you look in that Dwarden book, there'll still be master engineers. What? I got a feeling they'll Wait still be there. Hey, are you saying a rose by any other name smells just as sweet? Are you saying that this is basically the same stuff as the last edition? You 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 quoted Shakespeare on my show. I love. <laughs> I you, dropped man. a little bard. You did. You did. I have yeah. a feeling that I have a feeling that my book will have a lot of the same mm. stuff. Although, mm. I, I I'll probably get a couple of new models. Unlike some people's new book who got shafted, but we I digress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, even though <laughs> now, I feel like you're jumping ahead a couple chapters, getting to the spoilers already. Okay, now I could have sworn I went through that book. I thought one or two of those things were new models, but I guess I was wrong. Uh, but sure it, you, you could tell me where those models came from then, because I looked at that and said I never saw that before. But then again, I'm not the lizard man specialist. So, all right, so um. I got an email. I did get any. I got a couple of emails, you know, from people who, you know, just asking questions here and there. Um, wait, wait, what? Where are we at with hate mail these days? Are you still getting that? Uh, no, not really. Um, I think after the last one where I said, "Look, quit asking me when I'm going to do other things because I've got so much AOS stuff to cover. It ain't going to happen for a while." Right. And then all of a sudden, the voicemails dried up. <laughs> And they so hate the only feedback you were getting was like, "We don't like this game. Do another game." Yeah. You know, to be fair, that's kind of encouraging to you. That's like a that's a, a sign off on people still wanting to hear your blowhardiness piped into their eardrums a couple times a month, right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, and I'm getting. I mean, I've gotten a couple of emails from people that, that not stuff to be ri- not stuff for the show. Like like, you know, there's stuff people obviously write in to be read on the show, and stuff people are just writing in. Like, I got an email from a guy who said, hey, I just, you know, someone suggested the show. Uh, me and my friends are just starting up a gaming group for AOS out of here. Uh, anything you could suggest? Because obviously the, the rules are a little hard to get anything organized, so I suggested, obviously, start with Clash Comp. Uh, the pool choices I like because I like pool choices better than uh, points because it seems to go a little more along with the spirit of the game. And he emailed me back and he's like, oh, I found it. It's great. We're going to run with this. Thank you so much. And you know, I like that because, you know, you hear in a lot of these other podcasts that are not doing AOS anymore, how it, it just like, you know, it's they make it sound like nobody's playing this game, like everybody's leaving this game in droves and that, you know, nobody's playing it. And it's kind of depressing. And then I'm getting emails from people saying, hey, we got a new gaming group starting up in this area. Thanks for your show. We're all starting to listen now and. And uh, and keep it up, and and you know we're running off with these new comps, and and we're really having fun with the game. So, for all the groups that we that have been around for a long time, that have been playing, and the these these sort of you know uh, established groups, there's new groups springing up all over. So it's it's kind of been very uh, uplifting, you know, and in you know for me. Well, you know, there's going to be the change over time, right? It, yeah. It's just- it's just going to happen, and then we'll see how many of the new groups stick. And 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 uh, you know, it it would be silly to if we acknowledge that this is a new game, then we have to acknowledge acknowledge that you know the old game people are going to leave, and some will stick around because they they like the new game, but some won't, and that's totally fair and valid, and blah blah blah, and and so uh, you know the community will fall, and then we'll see what the game can do to bring it back up. Yep. 
So, in fact, I'll tell you what, right now I'm looking at either March 5th or March 12th. We're going to have a little one-day event at UGG and a little AOS. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's the plan. I was going to try to do it at the end of February, but uh, the last weekend of February is not only Holy Wars, but my birthday, and I got plans with the missus. And the weekend before that, I've got tickets to the Shakespeare Theater to see Othello. So, there goes that, I just realized, so... Looks like the beginning of March we're going to be doing some, and I've got I've been getting some good feedback. People interested in going, so I'm hoping to fill that up. You know, about 12 people we're going to have room for, so hopefully it'll fill up and we'll get some stuff going locally. So, well, good luck to you. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Wow. <laughs> and I, yeah, the but... positivity. Come on, baby. I'm, I'm. I know you're trying. You're you're my bro. All right, so we did get one one email. Drop it on me. Uh, okay. Um, I got this email, and I was asked to read it as soon as possible. Um, it's from a, a, a concerned person Ooh. who uh, – this is a this, – this is okay. It's basically – it's basically – Ooh, a, look at you just fumbling. I love it. A little bit. Controversy. It's a, it's a – basically, it's a can't we all just get along letter, and I did sort of talk to the person and say um, – hold on one second. You've got to go upstairs. Get out of here right now. Holy Hannah. Back to the real world. Um, yeah. I got a I got a can't we all just get along letter, and I was like, "You sure you want me to read this?" And they said yes, and so I said, "Okay," because I still oh. I still think it's it's you know a, it's it's still relevant, and I think there's still pockets of people out there who still have trouble with the uh, community break, oh, uh, and dealing with it. And so there was a concerned person, and so I, I'm reading this as I was requested because that's what I do. I'm a community servant, and this is some community service. Hello. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Carrie Ann Gonzalez. I'm married to Alex Gonzalez, who used to run the Warhammer Fantasy event and now runs the Age of Sigmar events at Adepticon. Around this time every year, I start counting down the weeks to Adepticon, and even though I don't play, I'm always excited to see everyone, many of whom I only get to see maybe once or twice a year. This year's a little bit different, but I'll get to that later. Being the thoughtful guy he is, Alex asks me at least once a week, if not more, if it's okay if he goes out with guys that night, if the guys can come over that night, and or if it's really okay that he goes to another tournament. 99.99% of the time I say yes, and you know why? Because you guys are some of the best people I know. I've watched you collect paper towels, canned goods, and toys for charities. I've seen you come together when a friend needs help. I've watched you celebrate an opponent's win even when it comes at your loss. I've never had a problem with you guys coming over to our house because you're always courteous and polite. And even though you guys are really there to hang out with Alex, you always take a minute to ask me how I'm doing. Some of my girlfriends ask me what I think of all the dorky gaming Alex does. I explained it to them the same way Alex explained it to me many years ago. The game's just a game. What really matters is the friends you meet playing it. I could go on and on about the community that the game has created, but to keep it short and sweet, I know that if Alex or I ever needed anything, you would be there for us just like we would be there for you. I think that's why I'm so disappointed in what happened over the past several months, which makes me a lot less excited about ah, excuse me, which makes me a lot less excited about Adepticon. I don't want to argue about eighth versus AOS versus ninth age because I honestly don't care. I don't care what you play. Just because someone else chooses to play something different from you does not make them a bad person. It's not a reason to say that that person ruined Warhammer. It's not a reason to spout inflammatory words about people who choose to play something different than you. Honestly, if you want to get mad at someone, go get mad at Games Workshop. People are just trying to find what system is best for them. There is no right or wrong answer. I get it. I don't play, and so I can't fully understand the situation. 
There have been years of time, effort, and money put into this hobby. All I know is that at the end of the day, it's just a game. I hope to see you all at Adepticon, no matter what you choose to play, because what I always look forward to most is hanging out at night after the rounds are all done, the laptops and printers are put away, and the scores are all tallied, and we're all just relaxing and having fun. There's no reason that should change just because of the different games we play during the day. Sincerely, Carrie Ann Gonzalez. So there it is. Okay. That, okay. I feel like I missed something. Um, I signed up for uh, for AOS at Acon. Me um, too. Okay. So that's we're two for two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we might be a self selecting group though because we do podcasts about this junk. So you know. We might not be really representative of, of the greater whole. Um, what what happened? Is, is he getting a lot of hate mail? What are we talking about here? I'm not a hundred percent certain, and I don't want to I don't want to make assumptions here. But um, oh come on! Well, <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, there's there's been things between this, and I know that uh, a lot of people, you know, I mean, there were people sending around petitions last year when we were playing in the end times tournaments last year at Adepticon, to keep it 8th edition if Warhammer, if the rumors were true. There was already, I mean, before Age of Sigmar came out, if ninth edition went to round bases, there were already petitions to keep 8th edition around. Uh, I know people didn't want to have Age of Sigmar. There were people who were petitioning to go to Kings of War. There mm-hmm. were people who were petitioning and, um, that really wanted some ninth Age. And I know there are some ninth Age things that got added in. Uh, I know if you go on to – I did personally went on to the Illinois Warhammer and Wisconsin Warhammer forums. Okay. Uh, um, if you go look at some of the things that are being said about Adepticon, there's some there, there's a bit of hostility there over the choices uh, for Age of Sigmar. Um, did – help me help me to understand and, and help your audience to understand. Did, um, did the inclusion of AOS mean that – Ninth Age, or um, I don't know uh, what what's the what's what's the Mantic one that everybody Kings of War, Kings of War. Um, so are Ninth Age and Kings of War not at Acon? No, as fact, a result of AOS being no there? Kings of War is still happening. It's its own thing. Mantic's got all of its games being played there. It's, it's there. There's uh, you know Dreadball and all that stuff is being played. So I don't know why. So what People am I missing here? I don't know. I know originally there weren't any Ninth Age events, and there was a, the people Ninth who really age. liked Ninth Age were, were pretty heated. But now there's Ninth Age events, so I'm not. I don't know. Okay. I, like what, I said, what about what about eighth 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 edition events? Are I they? I don't think that's still are a thing. Any. I don't think there are any, and I'm. Are yeah. those people heated? Are there know. still those people? Have they moved on? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I, I'm not even trying to troll you. I literally, I, no, I, I, I don't, I don't know about. I don't I know. Feel like I am divorced from whatever this level of, uh, of, uh, of combative consternation, whatever. Honestly, uh, I, I kind of stepped away from it myself. In fact, I was talking. Uh, who was I talking? I was talking with someone down at the at the game store. Um, a friend of mine who you guys don't know, and he's just, I mean, he just, he used to work over at UGG, and now he doesn't. He just plays a bunch of different games. And I think, you know, as much as I don't like the community splitting up, the, the, you know, it's it's sort of like the people who were always sort of on the fence and really negative about Warhammer anyway, when this dropped, they just, like, walked away, and I haven't heard anything. It's like after that real bad vitriol in the beginning, 
Like, I really haven't heard that much in the past month or two. So I don't know. Like, I really haven't heard a lot of anger. Well, Dave. You can can find it on the forums. Buddy, I moved on. Like, you're not going to hear it from me anymore, right? (laughs) You know, I have two. You know, I'm playing this (laughs) and I like this. So I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, There's some people, I guess, who are still angry. You know, here's my personal opinion. Lay it on me. People are still trying to, there are still people who want to hold the community together by making everybody go along with the game that they think should be the successor to 8th edition. And that's never going to happen. Like, we've all we've all broken off and gone our own ways, and some of us are playing two and three and four games now. And if that's your thing, like, you're just never going to be happy. Like, you know, give it up. And Well, you know, my, my sort of approach to all of these situations is to, to sort of, before we start getting into like tactics of mudslinger or, or however we're going to try and unite the, unite the clans, unite them. <laughs> um, before, before I, I do that, like I, I roll it back up to like, what's the goal and, and, and why, you know? And so if, if the goal is to keep the community in air quotes together, like what does that exactly mean? And, and broad, more broadly, why? And, you know, I look at something like Wapaka where they've got a ton of various games and, and Adepticon too. Um, the community is all there. We might not be playing the exact same game at the exact same time, but when the dinner bell rings at five o'clock, we can all go to Hooters together and, and you know, exactly. eat a terrible chicken sandwich or whatever. Like, I, I don't quite get the angle. Now, if I were a TO, if I were running it and I was used to having a room that was a you know, roughly a hundred dudes and that number has fallen off to 40 or 38 or 32 or something like I get it from their perspective, especially if they're locked in and they're in a situation where now they might be losing money. Like I totally get that frustration, but outside of that very small group of people who are pot committed on an event, I, I, I don't get worrying about it so much. Like, because you know, it it goes back to the old saying of those uh, those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. As in, like, right? I could get you to to go my way, but you're still going to be unhappy about it, and ultimately you're going to be kind of a crabby pants, and it's not going to be a ton of fun. You know, like if 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 you switch the the goal from maintaining a hundred person headcount at an event to making sure everybody who attends the event has a great time and tells a friend about it, then I think you change your perspective and your tactics, and you don't need to mudsling because there's and no point. those numbers you- will grow if everybody has an awesome time and comes back and says, hey, I had an awesome time and brings their friends. It may not be the exact same people, but your numbers will grow again. You'll have those. I mean, I know how cool it is to stand in a room with 150, 160 people and th- just have that huge event going on, but yes. I can I can still have just as much fun in a room with forty people, right? Playing. I mean, I only play against five of them anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, totally. I I, I, I just don't care. You know, I mean, I just want to hang out with my friends. After, like you said, I'll play a few games and then hang out with my friends, and that's what I want to do. So I it, I agree with you a hundred percent. We're all at Adepticon. We are all going to be playing different things. I mean, I know, heck, last year, half of your guys, half of your friends are off playing Saga. Half of the guys you came with are off playing Saga. You still were hanging out with them afterwards. It wasn't like, you know, 
you weren't sitting in the car scowling at each other the whole drive up there because you weren't all playing the same game. That's silly. Well, I'm pretty salty about Saga. That game is ridiculous, old man. Just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm mostly kidding. That game is ridiculous. <laughs> point. <laughs> Look at me just crapping on your points, derailing Fire everything. Shot. No, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. No, that's okay. <laughs> No, but, oh, but I think you know that's that's my whole thing. And it's, in fact, I listen to a lot of these podcasts. I like a lot of these different games. They're so interesting. I don't get to play a lot of them, but I read the fluff and I've got some models and I like to listen to the podcast. And I find the ones I listen to the most are the ones who don't spend time. The you know when they hey we got a new guest here today so let's start off with uh, how'd you get into this game? Well, I got into this game because that old game. Uh, dropped and new edition sucked. I had to find a new game, and then they spent twenty minutes talking about how much they hate the old game. If that's your modus every opening of the show, I've pretty much stopped listening to you at that point because it's like I just I don't want to hear the negative. Not whether I like that game, whether I agree with you or not, I don't want to hear why you hate the old game. I just want to hear what you're doing with your new game. Like I'm listening to your show to hear about this game, not about why you hate every other game. Yeah, I I'm. I'm sort of of the same mind. I, for me, I don't listen to, to that angle so much for the same reason that I no longer listen to Horace Heresy novels, which is um, hey it now. tends to devolve into the same thing over and over again. You know, like, I get it. Yep. You, you know, you, you can change the details and the names a little bit, and, you know, instead of Kalth, we're on... I, it's, still a, it's still a guy, it's still a superhuman with a boulder. Still superhuman with a bolter who's pretty salty at his brother. I got it. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the story, right? You either love that or you get tired of it pretty quick. I totally get that. I totally yeah. get that 100%. So, Have we gone off the rails or are we no. still are we still rolling down the track? Where no, are we at, we are, Hey, We are at, you know where we're at? We're at uh, our first break. We're at break? We're at break time. We're going to take a break, folks. We're going to come back. And when we come back, it's time for news and rumors and the toolbox. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Hey, hey, we're back. Hey, you, uh, no, we, no, I said it. I said we're back. 
And you were correct. I was agreeing with you. I was just agreeing. Buddy, taking all my, my, my juice. Okay, we're not back. Then you lied, okay? All right. Okay, wait, no. You now we're no, back. We are. Oh, yes, oh, we are. Crapped on me again. All right, let, listen, last time. Are you ready? Okay. Shish. Okay, okay. And, and we're back. And this time we're talking news and rumors. Dave? Thank you, Rotor. Oh, God. Um, yeah, news and rumors. So, uh, lots of stuff came out since we last talked news and rumors because we skipped it last time, me and Johnny. Oh, yeah. Um, so Archaon has gotten his three models and his battle tome came out. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. That Archaon model is kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. It's, it's, it's huge and it's really nicely done. It's got a big ass price tag, um, mm-hmm. which is bothering a lot of people. Uh, $165 here in the U.S., uh, mm-hmm. like $200 in Canada. Mm-hmm. Something, uh, something ridiculous in Australia. But sorry, Australians, what do you want me to do? Mm. Um, now, I'm not picking it up only because I don't play that army and i'm i've i've <laughs> after selling off so much of my stuff to fund the, the the equipment and stuff i've got going here i i've i've learned to uh i even told you i'm like man they're really nice i actually thought about it and you're like no you no no and i'm like you're correct no now to be fair if i if i'm if i recall correctly uh based on your past history there is a, a moderately decent percent chance that some listener is going to pick this thing up and send it your way, right? I mean, that's what you're banking on at this point? Is no, that no, am I right? I, I, you Mike? know what? No, in fact, listeners don't do something that stupid. Listeners, that's... Dave's birthday is coming up in like a month or so. February Hook 27th. Him. Don't don't send me an Arcan model. That's, no, that's... don't send it to him. Call UGG, talk to Catherine, buy it from her, and have it behind the desk when he arrives. Oh, see what I'm doing, buddy? I, I see what you're doing, and you shouldn't. That's that's totally wrong. If there's two of them, send one up to me. I will. I totally send it to you. All right, so, it, no, this is a gorgeous model. It's actually bigger than Nagash. Um, is it really? It is a little <laughs> bit bigger than Nagash. I haven't seen them next to each other. It, it's, 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 it's actually, they're, they're it's comparable thick. sizes, but that's the thing. Nagash is like on that little whirlwind, and he's skinny little Nagash. Right. This is giant-ass dragon. Yeah, with no, Archaon on it. Thick, thick brother. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah. I know, I know a lot of people are are balking at the price, but I was looking at you know the uh, the those those gargantuans and stuff for uh, for War Machine are like a buck and a half, aren't they? Well, I don't know what they are, and they're honestly, like one hundred and forty nine ninety five. So- like I just looked at them. I just wanted to look for comparable giant ass big like sitting on a cd size disc a cd size base or bigger i don't know if it's if you can call it comparable i i understand why you would think that you could but for me that's sort of like uh um comparing like uh personal real estate with commercial real estate like yeah they're they're both a building but um you wouldn't move your family into a warehouse so i'm not gonna ever buy a gargantuan because i don't play that game so i have no idea i don't even know what we're actually talking about him i'm literally just saying words right now because okay. i can't i don't know what gargantuan is well harrison so that and his friends play it a little bit but you're talking like when you play like you know when war machine when they they play like 35 point games i guess harrison and his friends and like the one gargantuan he was looking at is like a 35 point model 
Okay, so, so it's an army, I guess. You know, I mean, or yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's a you know, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a big ass thing that's really powerful and and you know, it's huge. Let let let's do a comparison in a different direction. Okay. Um, let's say, and and if I'm talking about an AFED army, I would say an AFED army roughly is going to cost me about a hundred bucks off the shelf. If I go in on Archaon. And we'll get to his Varengard in a minute, but um, knowing that that bundle is like four sixty five, like is that an an army? Help 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 me out either either via SDK or pool choice. Is Archaon and and three of those boxes of Varengard? Does that build Honestly, my entire army? I'm, because if it does, I'm then thinking we're under five hundred bucks for a whole army. I'm so, thinking it probably would be. I mean, Archaon. I don't know what SDK. He's got to be. I mean, remember, uh, Nagash was like a thousand points. Yep. Arcan's got to be about equal. I mean, have you seen what this guy can do? It's ridiculous. Well, and and that's kind of to my point is like uh, when Nagash first dropped, he was he was a cool thousand points. And when you're playing a two thousand point game, and literally half your model or half your army is one model that costs, I think he was one fifteen when he dropped. Um, that is a a number that is totally fine. Like, sure. 115 or now 165 in a vacuum is bananas but if you look at it in the context of a full army where does he slot in and you know now that i'm i don't think we have to do a, a big complaint about points and whatnot but if, if i had a better understanding of is he and his buddies is that a complete army then for less than 500 bucks retail games workshop retail uh, i've got a whole army that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at pool. Okay, considering pool choices, uh, a lot of these pool choices bring thirty, play twenty. Okay. Yep. Um, you're looking at these Varengard are going to be at least one for one per model. Okay. Maybe a little more, maybe one and a half. But so I, you let's bring say, in eight or nine, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So if you bring, yeah, if you bring, let's just say even six, you're going to be at least six points right there. Six to nine points for just six of them. The Gaunt Summoner, you're going to have one or two of those, and those are going to be at least a point, point, half a piece. They're pretty powerful wizards. And then you've got Archaon. Oh, I wasn't even looking at that. I was just looking at Archaon and the three, because that's that's the the set that they were selling. That was like a formation or whatever, wasn't oh, it? Oh, the, 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 the set that I just looked at online when I was looking this up, they, it came with a Gaunt Summoner. It was Archaon, oh, the Varen okay. Guard, and a Gaunt Summoner. Gotcha, gotcha. Um. Yeah, and then Archeon, who's got to be at least, you know, I'm guessing at least six or seven pool choices for himself, you know? So, I mean... It's possible, then, that him and Nine Varengard are 20 points. Yeah, getting and close so to, if yeah. So, if you do the bring 30, play 20, but you don't even bring 30, you bring 20, play 20, you've got a whole army there, right? Yeah. That's and, not so bad to me. No, and, I mean... You look at them, and they're kind of badass. I was thinking the same thing, because I picked up the book, and I'm like, there are three units listed in the ever-chosen Battle Tome. The Gaunt Summoner, the Varengard, and Archeon. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh. Uh, all right. Listen, I, I wasn't going to complain about prices. <laughs> three? Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. It gives you the whole... Now, yeah, it's it, but it's a Buddy. full... It's a hundred and something page book. It's got uh, three or four <laughs> scenarios. It's got all this story. Oh, we can talk about that later. That all whole right. book kind of annoyed me. Now, I mean, this is kind of what they're doing now. It's like Ever Chosen is Archaon <laughs> and his Varengard and the Gaunt Summoners. And, like, obviously it's chaos, so you can mix it with other stuff. 
Right. But that whole book is just how Archeon comes with his Varengard, and there's like eight different levels of Varengard, and where they show up, nothing survives. They destroy everything, and he's in charge of everything. I'm like, if he's in charge of everything, how come I haven't heard of him yet? Like, how come I haven't heard of any of these things yet in any of the stories? Like, he's not in charge of everything because all these other guys are doing crap on their own. Like, I don't get it, but that's a whole different battle tome for a different review. Um, wait. Who, who are you going to review that with? I, I don't know. All right. But, uh, I mean, it's cool, and there's some cool stuff in it, but, yeah, it's – but, I mean, he's hardcore. You could totally just go in. You could totally, after reading that, you could take Archeon and a bunch of Varengard and a Gaunt Summoner and if you just want to take an all cav and him on his dragon thing would you would you if if you showed up to UGG on a random saturday you were like hey honey i'm taking the afternoon uh there's some guys going to be down for pickup games and a dude was standing there at the table with Archaon and eight Varengard on the table and you had the option of playing that dude or the option of playing a dude with a seraphon army in front of him who would you sit down and play? Um, well, I'd have, probably have a better. Ch- I, I might have a better chance against the Seraphon army. Probably, I think. I'm. I'm. I guess what I'm really like. I, again, I don't. So we we essentially broke it down purchase price that in a vacuum it's kind of bananas. But uh-huh. it, if it's a full army, then it's actually fine. Like you know, I, yeah. I think we can make it work. But then do we get to how bananas are they on the table? Will they, will they, will they destroy an entire army with just these ten dudes? Well, here's the thing: anything can kill anything. They're pretty hardcore. I mean, especially those Varengard. Once during the game, when they charge, they can pile in and, and attack a second time. On their charge, they get this extra bonus. Archeon just does stupid stuff. They've all pretty much got a chance to shrug off any magical attacks on a four up. Just like, nope, doesn't mm. affect me. Sorry. Um, Archeon gives them all like I think a plus one to hit if he's near them. Like if if you're taking them, Archeon just makes them even like stupider, tougher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's. I mean, they're gross together. They really I'm are. I'm curious. I, I guess I'm just at this point. I'm very curious. You know, part of me is also wondering like, is this? You know, they they haven't come out with a ton of of books and models yet. We're still in the infancy of this game. Um. But you can sort of watch how these games over the years, if you play workshop games, how they evolve, right? And you right. can see things going from more rank and flank to to cav to then monstrous cav. Or if you play 40k, you can see vehicles come and go and, and you know, two plus saves come and go and, and various things. And I'm wondering, are we seeing the rise of the super small, super small elite army? You know, like it was talked about it back in eighth with like a chaos army that you could do twenty four hundred points with nine models or something. Is is that the direction that they're either headed or slash maintaining? Like, do you think the game is going to evolve in that direction? I personally don't think so. I think you have a couple of like these these big characters might have a couple of things like that, but I can't ever see like an, a death army like becoming ever elite like that just because of what it is, or a Skaven army ever becoming like that. Um, Archaon, but, based on who he is, you know the 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 you know the harbinger of all sorts of death with his elite bodyguard, basically. Yeah, if you want to play that particular character and that thing, because if they were doing that, I mean, there's nothing in the uh, there's really nothing in the uh, Stormcast Eternals that you can do that with. 
can uh, and they just came out with that as a whole army and you can really the Celestin Prime stand up to Arcan at all? Like, are oh, they? Oh, I don't know. I, I I know nothing about those rules. Are they? Are they in the same? Are they playing the same <laughs> game? Or are they? I don't. I don't think so. Oh, really? I'm not. I don't. Uh, I mean, anything can kill anything. I've if I surrounded Arcan with enough stuff to do enough attacks, he just got such a good save. I mean, well, he's got a really good can, save. He's anything like a, has yeah. always been able to kill anything. I mean, you right. could kill Arkeon, the old version, with a with a goblin if things got crazy enough. Right. But you know, on a on a long enough timeline and with enough rerolls, that'll happen. But you know, does a Celestine Prime have a chance? Like, are they even? I I I don't know. I haven't played my Celestine Prime yet because I actually haven't gotten my Celestine Prime yet. I won't get him for another oh. 36 hours but oh uh, man um <laughs> um but I, I i don't i don't know i mean dude arcan is just kind of awesome he really well he is. should be well he's got 20 wounds be. and like a three up save where you know what's kind of cool is he's so big that really honestly if you have some of your little guys like your little heroes that you don't want killed seriously run them into a forest or run them into a piece of terrain that's sort of clumpy because he won't be able to reach them Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Which is which is really a cool concept because literally you run them into your for, your your citadel woods, especially if you have the leaves and the canopy. He can't even get close enough to touch them because the model right, is so you damn big. Don't move things around anymore. Right. To accommodate models. Yeah, he can't reach them. So you could literally Ooh. look. There's a giant dragon. I'm just gonna run into the forest where the giant dragon can't find That's, me. That is an interesting tactic. How do we feel about that? I I. I don't hate that idea. I kind of like it. Like, oh my god, you can't kill every you can't kill what you can't see and find and catch. Now, if you hide him in the in the woods, it's not going to do as well. You know, because you can't you can't, you know, sauce for the goose. I can't hit him back if I'm hidden in the forest. But um you know, there's there's just I mean, there's there's weird things going on here. There's weird dynamics in the game that have never had to play out before because that's just not how the game worked. Yeah. Um I don't know, it's pretty cool. It's he's rough. I mean, he's killable, but yeah, he's he's a scary. He's he's pretty scary. I hope that at uh Adepticon somebody has him and somebody has painted him to a a decent standard so that I can check that model out. I I do want to see that thing, you know. I I've complained in the past about some of these bigger centerpiece models being a little overdesigned, and while I think there's a little bit of that, specifically on Durgar's um, sort of like flame ribs peering through and like skulls sort of splitting his skin. Yeah. I'm not super into that, but I love the um, I love the three heads on him. Uh, you know, and and I I like I like the corn head on Durgar more than I like any of the bloodthirster heads or any of the any of the um, demonic Agreed. stuff that they've put out. Like, because I, it's not that bull head feels powerful you know yeah and it's not overdone it's not it's, it's sweet yeah I, it's, I like the i like the little nergless grumpy guy with the antlers and i like the uh the the bird head on z okay so since we're talking about all this you know the the bird head of zinch captures what i you know what i've known zinch to be with that with the birdie kind of angle right the gaunt summoner i don't see any that looks like something out of Peter Jackson's version of Lord of the Rings to me. Is that what do you think of that thing? I actually was thinking of that guy from uh what's that movie with uh Pan's Labyrinth. 
Yeah. Oh, I totally get that too. Yeah, totally. But uh, I mean, it's 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 a gaunt summoner, but it's kind of zinchy. But I I can see why they don't want to make it too zinchy because he's more. He's riding a disc of zinch. He's right. painted blue and gold. What are you talking about, not zinch? Right. But he's he's Archeon's guy. Like he's more of you know he like he rides with Archeon, who Archeon has got all of them, and he doesn't he doesn't go too overboard into any of them. It's weird. It's like all the it's like the pointy teeth and all the eyeballs and stuff. Yeah, he's the mouth of Sauron. I get it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a like with the the black uh, the black. Um, Let's not get racist. No, no. What did they call them? What was uh, what was <laughs> Aragorn? The uh, <laughs> let's yeah. not get racist. What <clears throat> they, uh, the um, the black Numenorian. That's what they call them. But the, yeah. With the, right. Uh, yeah, I guess that is sort of like that. Yeah, all the weird eyeballs coming out of his mask that this merge into. His, I mean, he looks cool, but it, you're right; it's not very zinchy. It's it doesn't it doesn't say zinch to me. Uh, the I thought that Durgar captured the essence of the three chaos gods that they're featuring on him better than anything I've seen workshop release on a um, god-specific model in the last probably decade, maybe. I don't know. The Nurglings did a pretty good job of capturing, you know, Grandfather. But um, outside of that... So you're not mad that they called him Durgar, even though he's not the horse anymore? I've got, I've, I've had at least a half a dozen people at UGG be like, that's not Durgar. Durgar's a horse. I'm like, all right, Durgar the horse died on the planet. They gave him, once he destroyed an entire planet for them, they gave him a bigger, better Durgar. Um, you know, or maybe that's what always has a new bone ripper. And he always that's cool. A bone ripper, you know. Yeah. So, you know, this dude can have a newer, new door guard. Like, it's not like that. The steed of the apocalypse did a whole hell of a lot outside of breathed fire. And, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean wanted- it was, a, he was a cool model. He was the great horse. There's no, there's no doubt. And this, this to me is just, you know, this is more of workshop saying, "Hey, we are going ultra high fantasy." You know, we've got we've got dragons crying star tears. We've got, you know, the horses are gone and they're replaced with this sort of hydra, sort of dragon, sort of bat winged, you know, monstrosity. Yep. But that's just what they're doing now. I I don't expect to see a whole heck of a lot of normal horses going forward. It's Agreed. you know, guard or bust. I get it. It's fine. That's just the new approach. Cool. At least for chaos. Uh, I agree. All right. I did I did great. I, I nailed another segment for you, buddy. You What's did next? You did it. Give, um, give me another thing to consume and destroy. Well, let's see. We already mentioned that hopefully in about a month, the dwarves will get a battle tome. And I'm kind of looking forward to see what they do with this one. Um, because I think it'll be different than, than the Seraphon one um, in many ways. And we'll talk about that when we get to the Seraphon book because of what they did with it yeah, right. and how. Um, so I guess uh, coming up next, we've got the toolbox. Uh, Want to jump into the toolbox? Yeah, let's just jump into the toolbox. We won't worry about taking a break right now. We've been back only for 20 minutes. So, yeah, let's just keep going with the toolbox. Great. Toolbox, which is brought to you by Chaos Oak Superstore. Chaos Oak Superstore. Hey, Rotor, you been doing any modeling, painting? I know you have. Um. No. No. <laughs> listen, listen. A crazy thing happened on the way to uh, 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 Wapaka, unfortunately. I went out on um, Black Friday to shop for the my three kids, and I came home with an Xbox One for myself and a couple. <laughs> 
new Tomb Raider games. And I listen, the new Tomb Raider stuff crushes. I love it. It's fantastic. I heard it. The rise of the Tomb Raider is amazing. Your eyes, Lord Vader. Yeah, no, it's it's dope. Um, unfortunately, that means that um, I I've already bowed out of the Infinity narrative at Wapaka because I'm not able to get like I could have slapped some paint on it and played, but that's I, I wanted my stuff to be better than slapped together. And um, you know, when I go to the, these events, like I'm I'm mid table for life, so I don't need. I, I don't want to go to these things and just have a crummy-looking army. Like, hey, listen, that's... you already won Best Painted at PACA. You can't go back there with a substandard army when you're a Best Painted winner. Maybe I, maybe I could because I'm a Best Painted winner. Did you ever think about that? Oh, that's true. You'd be like, dude, I, I got nothing to prove. That but you, I, you could. I, I can't because that's – like showing up with, with cool stuff is like fun. Like that's the fun for that, me. Yeah, you know? that is true. And and playing the game is, is cool and all, but – um, so anyway, so I'm working on, uh, I'm, I'm playing AOS there and I'm playing 40 K there. And so I'm, I'm working my way through the 40 K. I'm basically, I would say 98% done with the army and I just need to do a couple drones and then I need to do my display board. So okay. that's what I've been working on. Cool. Cool. What about you, buddy? Um, I've been doing kind of a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. There, uh, I've built a few more Stormcast Eternals and bought some paints for them. Um, hey, by the way, when it comes to so, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a total aside here. You don't mind, do you? Go ahead. That's sort of what this podcast is based on. Right? Yeah, yeah. Me going <laughs> off on tangents. That's pretty much been the modus operandi for five years. Go for it. I I lost my mind when I first saw thirty bucks for the gold spray paint when those Stormcast Eternals came out. Yep thought about it since then and i think that that price is more than fair now and I, I i don't think it's fair in terms of like materials they use and profit margin that they are probably making on that thing i think it's fair in terms of how long would it take me out of a paint pot to paint base coat an entire uh stormcast eternal army if i were doing that gold style and I figure it would take a lot, and it would take a lot of time. And, you know, you can start, you can, like, take your own salary and sort of figure out what you think you're worth by the hour. Like, if you were going to do, I don't know, like, you're a teacher, so if you were doing tutoring at night, like, what what's your free time actually worth? You know, and you could put a dollar amount on it. And then figure out what busting out some spray paint and knocking out the base coats in a half hour on your army would be versus... You know, like I was listening to, uh, to I think it was Counter Charges and like Mark Zielinski trying to do an army in a weekend and he was base coating it in golds and it was just destroying him. And oh, I don't yeah. even know if he got through it. And I just, that, it struck me listening to that. I was like, that dude should have just bought a can of spray paint for 30 bucks, called it a half hour and moved on with his life. Um, exactly. And when and I, I have, when you consider it from that angle, 30 bucks sweet save me my weekend you know yeah my weekend's worth more than 30 bucks uh, uh i was when i got i told you guys a couple episodes ago uh i got sent um some some models and a can of that retributor armor gold paint oh you got sent that okay yeah and uh i actually went through most of it 
Bring me the rest of those rolls. Um, I went through most of it painting up, and actually, I kind of went stupid and actually spray painted uh, some of the terrain pieces with it, um, not realizing that I only needed to spray parts of it. Um, uh, um, and so I actually had to go over some of the gold to to put up some dark colors on it. But sure, but God, it went on those Stormcast Eternals smooth and beautiful like you know sometimes you get your you know i mean because i shook it up oh especially metallics like out of the paint pot you need a couple layers because they stink at coverage you know it was perfect one i you know and and i'm a guy i know some people put them on the little boards and they tack them on and they got them in a line i go out to my garage i get the cars out of the garage i've got it all set up or i've got a board over there so i'm not spraying all over the walls you just go hard ham on this thing don't you buddy yeah i mean i had i had a bunch of them set up and lay into it I just buy, uh, I go to Walmart and I buy a box of like latex gloves and I just slap on the gloves <laughs> and I, uh, I p- pull out the can of paint, I shake it up and I just hold the models by the base and I just hold them 12 inches and I just spray and turn them around as I'm spraying them. So make sure I get them all over Nice. and, uh, wow, they are all completely coated in this gold. It was like, che- it was seriously, remember when we first got Devlin mud and it was like liquid talent. Right. And everyone called it. was like you felt like you were cheating when you slapped on the Devlin mud. I sprayed it with this gold, and I looked at all of these things, and I'm like, wow. I feel like I cheated. I'm like, these guys are like half they, – they feel like they're half done already. I and love it. it. Oh, I'm like, I love it. I did. I went to UGG. I mean, I sprayed all these things with this paint. I'm like – and I know I'm getting more Stormcast Eternals, and, I, uh, I'm, you know, and I've got – I traded for a couple more box sets. So I went out and ordered myself another can of it. I'm like, dude, I'm totally – I'm like, I don't care about the price. Like you no. said, the time it saves and yeah. the evenness and the quality of the coat. Yeah. I'm like – Perfect. Other like you know, people like oh, you know, there's other. You can go to the hardware store and they have primer and they have all the different colors from the different the different make. I'm like, I don't know about their quality. I don't know about their evenness. The Citadel Retributor Armor spray paint is awesome. And for I, for the amount of like hobby time that you do, I would say it's not in your best interest to do a ton of experimentation to like go buy. <laughs> You know, a, a can of, I don't know, Armory and a can of Rust-Oleum and a can of whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, and especially if somebody's giving you a can for free to start it out, like, you know, just it's it's totally worth 30 bucks. So it, if ever you overheard me complaining about $30, I take it all back. All right. I just wanted to it derail was, you for a minute. No, it was it was totally it was I mean, when I got the first can, I was like, wow, thank you. That's really nice. Because I never would have bought it, and thank God they sent it. Because I went out and bought a second can. Because I know I'll use it, and I don't. Yep. And I don't care about the price. Can, the price on the can at all. Um, it's it was worth every penny. Because I'm totally going to be doing that. We're doing a whole lot of not complaining about pricing in this episode. What do you think about that? Hey, you know what? If I couldn't afford it, I just won't buy it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with the bitching about pricing. Mmm. I don't know if I am. I like to not complain. not completely. I mean, you know, hey, sometimes <laughs> you complain, but at least for now, I mean, it's just like plus the stuff that they're the stuff that they're giving me. It's you know, it's pretty it's pretty cool stuff. I mean, you know, I'm not going to buy the tape measure, but I'm also not going <laughs> to really mention the tape measure. So, I've got a Craftsman. It cost me like six bucks. It measures twenty five feet. I'll never need that much, but I also don't need the Sigmar tape measure. That's you know, forty dollars, and I just I won't buy. Literally it. went to the dollar store and I bought three of them for a dollar each. There you go, and see that type of stuff. I, I'm and 
you know, people can make fun and scream and yell and complain that GW does that. And I, whatever, whatever. I, I just don't buy that. I don't, you know, the things I don't think are worth it, I don't buy and I don't mention them on the show because that much because I don't care. Um, so, okay, so somebody was like, oh, you know, you really should watch the Warhammer TV. They have all those painting tutorials and they're pretty good. And I'm not one to sit around and watch a lot of videos on the internet. I just don't sit around on my computer all that much. Um, I was bored at work and the kids were taking finals and uh, I just flicked over on there. And this, this feels like an extreme dereliction of duty before you even tell me what happened. Well, okay. no, they were taking the, I mean, they were actually taking the final and I was watching over at them and I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, they're taking the final. So I'm click over. No, I love how you justify and, this. Keep going. And I actually was just turning on to have some music like before the final was started. It was like, in, like they were taking the final. I was, I was done. It was in between. Uh, or it wasn't finals. Finals next week. They were taking a test. It was like the last before school ended. It was just a regular test. Um, there was like the pre-final, and uh, it was in between classes. And I was going on. I'll flick over to YouTube and just play some music. Sometimes in between classes, music to annoy the students by. And uh, I've I've heard you taste. I I believe you. Yeah, of course. I, I it was. Oh, you know what it was? I was all I was all jazzed up. Like I had I had had way too much caffeine that a day. A whole bunch of novelty songs is what you're coming at. No, no, no. I had sure. had way too much coffee that day. So I went and actually played Black Coffee from Black Flag. Um, sure. And so I'm like, you know, it's just, just Henry Rollins screaming and stuff like that. And the kid's like, what is this? I'm like, shut up. I love it. And so I'm playing that. And then so I like clicked over and it was, you know, the different suggestions came up. And I had, so I'm like, oh, click on this. And they were painting Archeon. And I was like, wow, like that's really cool. Like I was just watching like two minutes of the video in between classes. I'm like, that's awesome. So then I saw that they had the how to paint the Stormcast. And I clicked on it and I was like, Oh, like this tutorial is actually amazingly helpful. Like, not only do they show you the step by step, but okay, here's the thing I never get. Like, even when you like in the White Dwarf, they always show you the step by steps, and now they give you ex- like a lot of steps. You know, okay. it's, it's I, I'll trust you. I don't. Well, sure. Well, even if you pick up the how to, you know, like the painting guides, like they sell now, the how to paint Citadel miniatures. Like I picked, I paid for the dwarf one that they did, and they'll. I, you- I bought the Lizard Man one two years ago when that book, or two and a half, or whatever, when that book came out. It was crummy, dude. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, you're forcing me into saying it. Okay, that's that fine. One stunk. Well, here's I, the I, thing: they list all the steps, but I never quite understood. They're like, here, paint this whole thing, you know, color A. Then throw this wash over it. Then put that co- color A back over it again. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, I can't tell the difference between picture one and picture three. Like it all looks the same. Like what? I don't understand any of the steps because it's just this one picture that it doesn't. So, but then the guy did exactly that same thing on the video. But when you're watching it, he's like, okay, I put on the gold. Now I put on this wash over the whole thing. Now I'm putting on the gold again, and I'm going right up to all those edges, and I'm just stopping at the edges just so that it's there. It's like, oh wait. Now, when he's done, he's showing it to you, and yes, it almost looks as... So I'm like, he's explaining it as he's painting it. So I, I'm, I'm you know, with, with the guy actually explaining the steps of what he's doing, not just saying, put these colors on with this brush. Like, I'm getting it better. Like, yeah. I understand what they're doing. And then I realized, hey, I'm just going to be painting them kind of like they look on the box anyway. I'm going with the gold Stormcast Eternals anyway. And if this guy's going to explain it step by step, screw it. I'm just going to watch the video and do that. So no, no reason not to. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm all in. I went out. I I had the list. I went down. I went here. I was the other day looking through the paints. I'm like, I am short three paints off that list. Went over to UGG yesterday. Bought those three paints. Ready to go. 
So that's what I'm. That's the plan. And then uh, I've made more progress on the terrain. I've got just about all the new stuff that I've bought, plus some of the old stuff. Anything that's stone has been base coated and dry brushed. I'm going to put another coat of dry brush on, get the stone look in there. Uh, and once that's done, I'm just going to go in and start doing all the little, you know, the fancy metal bits and, and crap that they put all around the stone. I'm going to get that. So I'll have most of the terrain done. And then I've started on my forests because I've never painted my forests. They've always just been base coated. Mm-hmm. So I'm like making progress. I've got like eight or nine pieces of terrain that are like halfway done. So I'm going to have a table's worth of painted terrain very shortly. Um, unbelievable. How, what do you what do you determine a table to be now? Like how many pieces? Uh, 10, 12? Yeah, eight. about that. Yeah, anywhere from eight to eight, anywhere from eight to 12 pieces, depending cool. on the scenario. Um, and yeah, and how big of a game you want to play. I just, I like a lot of pieces of terrain on the table. I think it looks, a lot, it looks fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and you need that. You need to break up things, have things to move around, things to get on. So, and this way, I you know, if I've got a lot of pieces, that way you can have a little variety between what, what you have on the table. You don't have to have the same thing every time. So, I'm feeling it, buddy. Very excited. I'm very excited that I've, I'm, I've, I'm sort of feeling the, feeling the painting again. I mean, it's terrain, so I can just kind of go with it and just, you know, sort of get, get, get my mojo working a little bit again. Before so sloppy, yeah. Yeah, you can just start. Yeah. To, yeah, but just get doing stuff, you know. Then that's, that's, that's the thing. Um. Plus, I can go over to Hobby Lobby and just buy those big tubes of basic acrylic paint. You know, like just the basic colors because that's basic. It's water-based paint. Sure. And it's like four bucks a tube. And you could paint, like I have one big tube and I've painted like five or six pieces of terrain with that basic stone colors. Sure. And so it's like, oh, look, put it out, do it. And it's so, and so it's economical too. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling it. All right. What? Uh, uh, where are we at? Is that everything that you've done in That's the last it. since whenever you did a show? Yeah. Can you believe that? I've done hobby. It's it's uh, like who am I and what did I do with White Tech? I don't know. I'm not sure either. I don't know. So um, yeah, you know, let's plug along here and get through the toolbox here. How about gaming? You done any gaming? Other, well, <laughs> does Laura Croft count? <laughs> no. You've been doing Laura Croft. That's fine with me. Okay. Hey now. Um. <laughs> Uh, actually, I've been playing a lot of uh, both 40K and Infinity. Uh, not so much AOS. Um, it's around the corner for uh, 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 Wapaka. Um, I'm sure I'll get back to it at some point. I don't know. Um, haven't been playing a ton of that. Just been playing. You know what it is? It, I tend to play what I'm painting because I, one feeds the other in terms of excitement. I see. So, like, as I was painting Infinity earlier, I was playing it, and then I was. I sort of decided like I couldn't paint both infinity and 40 K cause it was just like confusing my, like where I want to focus. So I just picked 40 K to finish. And then, um, as a result, I've been playing that a lot more lately. Um, and because I'm not doing a thing with my army right now, like I'm, I'm kind of just leaning on the whole idea of, Hey, you've got an army from Warhammer. You can play F- uh, age of Sigmar with it works for me so i'm not i don't have any like big plans to do any seraphon painting anytime soon right you know? and yeah what so, you're playing is I stuff you're already painting playing with is what you're painting i oh, got right. you so i, I kind of i play as people want to play it no i got you i got you um i picked up a couple of games of aos well i used a couple of scenarios from the galmaraz book just to try them out mm-hmm. um one of the guys from the store again uh that i know 
uh, play my. V- I, I just I just keep liking this game more and more. Trying out some of the tactics. Uh, there was a guy who I've got it somewhere on my Twitter. I, I clicked it as a favorite, so I can roll back and read it again. It's some guy who plays like was playing like a lot of competitive 40k with his friends. Okay. And he wrote this this article, and it's going to be like a series that he's doing on his blog, where they were just playing like straight out of the pamphlet, just not playing, sure. not playing comp, um, and they were just playing the games, like not worrying about you know playing with the the sudden death scenarios, but just getting together, putting some models on the table, and playing it out. And he started listing out going through the different type model types and really how to use them and stuff. And these guys are like, this game's kind of awesome. And I was reading it, and I was getting like more excited to play. It's like, you know, you've got your your big tough heroes who are kind of like tanks, and then you've got your sort of half wizard, half heroes, the guys who can do a little magic but are still tough. Then you've got well, your shoot wizards. me that link, buddy. Yeah, I'll have to look uh, it up. Help and me get excited. You. Fire me up. Yeah. And then they were just talking about, you know, just you know. It, the more I'm playing, the more I'm getting into this whole idea of, you know, running in there with guys, but then, you know, if if the battle's not going the way I like, just run them out of combat. You can do that. Leave combat. Retreat. And, and throw a guy in the middle. And this the and there was this whole article I was reading um, on the difference between uh, if you run a guy out of combat uh, and you want to throw a, another unit in between to keep them from just getting chased down by that same unit, mm-hmm. uh, now do you actually charge that unit into combat or do you throw them in between and not put them into combat like the 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 reasons to choose the different the two different ones you know like are they strong enough that you want to throw them in will they tie them up or do you just throw someone in there who's a sheet who's uh you know if they're not that strong just throw them in between so he's got a charge and then maybe he chews them up but then he's still stuck there give you more time to get away like all the tactics of screening now because it's not because you don't have the overrun Right. So, you know, you don't necessarily want to charge, you know, but you can use them as a screen, but uh, you, you're no longer, you know, you're, you also no longer can put a guy in there to divert. You know, you can't just put him in at an angle to throw him off to the side like you used to. You know, you can't use them as a diverter to make them run in a, in a direction they don't want to run. So it's a different tactic for screening and how you want to do it. It was pretty cool. Like we played a couple of games and I'm just getting down this idea of, Okay, this isn't working the way I want, so maybe run so I'm not giving up the points and start throwing in screens and especially with the zombies or the ghouls and stuff that you can grow back, pull mm-hmm. them out, pull them out and, and and give them a chance to grow back a little bit. So maybe then they maybe they can jump back in, especially if you've got healing powers in your in your list. There's just some sure. really cool tactics that I've been learning. It's a it's, you know, now that I've just dumped the eighth ed mindset completely, there's mm-hmm. it's it's a there's so many cool things you can be doing. I've just we had like I said only two games and it's just like I wasn't even playing to win. I was just sort of playing to try out stuff and we were having so much fun with it. So I'm cool. just, yeah, we were having a blast. I'm really the more I play this game, the more I like it for 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 itself for what it is. So that's that's saying something. It's it's no longer a, it's not bad, one, you know, if you if you play it a certain way, it's no, it's really good. It's really good, you know. So that's my gaming. So uh, now we're down to other, and then we can wrap up and take our late commercial break. You do I don't know. Reading? Star Wars? What do you think about Star Wars? We like Star Wars? I like Star Wars. Star, I saw Wars. It twice. Cool. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Star Wars, everything I know. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Wall-to-wall Star Wars. Hey, man. Uh, no spoilers. Saw it twice. Going to see it a third time. Yeah. Uh, one of those few movies that pretty well lives up to the hype, which is pretty unbelievable in this 
this age, right? Yeah. So, um, a few uh, people uh, didn't like it, and each to his own. Um, but it overwhelmingly getting positive reviews, and I, like I said, I was just, you know, what I was, what I was most thrilled by, and this is just sort of a J.J. Abrams staple, is the character work coming out of the movie. Like, um, you know, plot, whatever, is it, you know, a Death Star retread, uh, who cares? Uh, I, I guess I cared a little bit, but um, his, the the effort put into those characters, they didn't come across flat or boring the way that you could say uh, characters in a prequel did. Um, well, you know, you good I, actors I with good dialogue. Is 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 Ray my new favorite Star Wars? That's crazy. That like on the seventh movie in, I've got a new favorite character. What you know? And yeah, yeah. And and Finn was fantastic. And you know they, um, the guy's charisma. I just uh, you know. And I, obviously everybody loves Han Solo, and he's got a great role coming back. And and um, but the new guys, you know, with and yeah. my uh, Kylo Ren, like that guy is my favorite. It's just, oh. Just There's, a hothead. I love it. You know, like, how do you follow up Vader? You know, the most, like, confident, supreme, badass ever. Y- you go a different way where he's, like, kind of reminds you of him physically, but he has no confidence. He is not in control of himself and or let's the not, situation. Let's not, let's not spoiler it, but it's just, no, no. oh, it's so, yeah, no, the characters are all great. It's, Even Poe, I mean, you know, comes in, you've got this this sort of, you know, this this cool pilot guy coming in. I mean, even even the damn robot had some personality. Brought oh, something to ton, the table. I loved it. Yeah. The, what what I love the most is when they establish the characters so well, and then the action kind of comes out of the characters. It becomes believable rather than a crummy actor taking a crummy character and just moving from plot point to plot point, and you're just you get bored by that. But they did such a good job with these characters that I I just I loved it. I loved it, and I can't, you know, I couldn't even necessarily tell you what the plot was, but I could tell you all about the characters, and that's those are that's what stays with you, you know. You yeah. remember Luke Skywalker, but who remembers Mace Windu? God, you know, outside of that, it was Sam Jackson, like or Kit Fisto. Does that even <laughs> register? Like, no, no, you know, Plo Koon, get out of here with your prequel <laughs> hot sauce garbage. God, I'm such a nerd. What no, else? I got you, uh, dude. I've been actually kind of. I I finished. Like I said, I, I read the Ever Chosen Tome. I am reading Call of Archeon, which is the book that went with it. Do I'm you work- do anything that's not Games Workshop related these days? My God. Uh, yeah, I finished watching Man in the High Tower. All right. Or the Man in the High Castle. Sorry, Man in the High Castle, which is uh, if you have Amazon Prime, it's their their show. They produced a show. Oh, uh, is that the Nazis one? Yeah. Show? Based okay. off the Philip K. Dick book, wow, wow, that is good. Ten episodes, yeah. are, they, they've already they're, they already have a another season, uh, you know, greenlit. Um, okay, dude, that that is top notch, man. That's really really good stuff. Uh, I watched Childhood's End. You know, Arthur C. Clarke, a great book by Arthur C. Clarke. I mean, one of those pieces of fiction I read as a teenager. I'm like, wow, what a great book. Uh, sci-fi goes puts it out three-day event. I watched the first part. I'm like, wow, this is kind of pretty close to the book. They've condensed it down a bit, but it's pretty close to the book. Then you get to part two, and you're like, oh, there you go, Sharknado. It. Why don't you? Oh, what crap! They just crapped on it. It's like, hey, let's take this really great, cool book about 
humanity evolving and moving past us ourselves into some greater things. You know, Arthur C. Clarke, man, the guy who wrote 2001. Let's let's take that guy who evolves to the star child at the end, but do it for all of humanity. Or let's screw it up. <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, just so I'm, rep- I'm representing the audience who doesn't read and has no idea what you're talking about. My silence, the brothers crap. out there are standing with me. Craptacular. Uh, brothers in arms who don't read books. So. I gotcha. Um, what else? Um, I just started Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. I, I've been enjoying that one. You know, um, Daredevil's easier to like because it's just straight ahead with, with your guaranteed action scenes in every episode. Jessica Jones. A uh, little more difficult to love the material, but it's a much smarter and I think ultimately more rewarding show as a result. <clears throat> I've only watched you know, the first episode, so if she's she's tough to love, but um, I'm kind of excited around. for it though. I'm enjoy I enjoyed the first episode, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. And I'm yeah. I'm hearing that if you like Daredevil, you really should like it. And I'm I'm hearing from people that it's actually better than Daredevil, with but not as action packed. So. Okay. Boy, I don't think that if you like Daredevil, you'll like this. I think that they are two totally different things. Daredevil is much more a derivative of the movies with more of a dark Batman-like tone. Um, she, Her show has gotten very little to do with super heroics at all. It, it is hard-boiled detective noir stuff, and so... I don't think it's a fair comparison to say if you like this, you'll like that. They're both made by the same company, obviously, and they're both based on on, on comics. But for me, that's kind of where the similarities end. Oh, uh, really? Because I know it's in the it's set in the same city too. So I I just I was I was told it was a little. Like I said, I saw the first episode and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but like for Daredevil, it's at night is his setting, and he's always kind of skulking around the streets and right. and dealing with cops. Uh, she is set in the day, and she's you know. She just kind of bumps into trouble. Like she'll she'll be given an assignment from you know a lawyer or or right. a case from a, a law and firm, so right. so she'll be trying to track her 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 quarry or whatnot, and then trouble will find her or she'll find trouble along the way. But it, it for me the shows feel completely different, and I don't think I like them both, but I don't think you'll necessarily like one if you liked the other. I just want to see. I heard David Tennant plays an awesome bad guy, and I've never seen him play a bad guy. So, I oh, you never saw uh, Goblet of Fire. Okay, let's forget about that because that was oh, that was he was just so silly. He was so over the top with his little tongue flicky thing. I was just so annoyed with him, and that just let's not talk about that. All right. Well, sounds, just, sounds like you saw him as a bad guy. Oh, and that's didn't true. Care for it? That's true. I that, yeah. I saw. I would say for me, he he. Goes into because I I loved him as ten on Doctor Who myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's my favorite of the you know I like Matt Smith a lot, but Tennant's my guy, and um, I, I you you forget that he was ten. You know he is he is a different character, and he is a strong enough actor to get past. You know, like you know, going back to Star Wars, Mark Hamill could never not be Luke Skywalker, and so ultimately he had to be a voice actor. Um, Hunt, uh, Harrison Ford had enough charisma to move past that, you know, and so he had a, a, a different career. Um, so I, David Tennant, enough charisma and 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 ability to move past being Doctor Who for me, and he became Kilgrave. So he, he pulled it off. That's cool. Kudos to him from from me, anyway. 
I had one student who saw it who was so they were watching Jessica Jones and I had, they had, I, they said they were watching and I asked how they liked and they said they hated it. I said why? They said because they could never watch Doctor Who the same way again. They're like because it just ruined that their their impression of David Tennant as the tenth Doctor because they could never picture him as being evil or mean and he did it apparently so well that it it disturbed them. And I was like, oh well, okay, I got to watch this. These these children seem to me like those people who who can't separate uh, an actor from a character they play. That's ridiculous. What? It doesn't retroactively ruin Doctor Who. What are they talking about? Hey, they're kids. 14 and 15. You, you hang out with kids. That's ridiculous. I, I'm in high school. <laughs> you need to talk to adults. I know. I know. I spend my whole day with 14 and 15 year olds, God. and then I come home to a 9 How do you and not swallow bullets on the regular kid? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. I don't know. Are we done here? Almost. Is our work done? Yeah, we're pretty much. Uh, other than that, uh, I just finished season three of Buffy with Harrison because I got him watching Buffy. I loved season three. Oh, man. Here? What a great. Just a finished great... with the man. I know. Oh, he was such a, a good villain because he wasn't a villain. I mean, ultimately he was, but damn it, he was a father figure to Faith. He was great. Yeah, and he was and just he so, was the... so folksy and, and, you know. Ward he... Cleaver-ish. It was so funny. Huh. And he he was, was just a great villain. Yeah. Oh, and Harrison. That was when that show was at the height of its powers, too. Yeah. Harrison cracks me up, too, because he just, he didn't even want to watch this. He watched the first three, four episodes, and he hated Buffy, and then it kept going, and he liked it, and it was like, then he was watching it with Angel, and he liked Angel until Spike showed up, and then he's like, okay, Angel's like Louie. I can't stand him. He's such a wishy-washy. I like Spike. Spike's like Lestat, and then Spike left, and then Angel turned into Angelus. And he couldn't handle it. He's like, he's so mean. He's so mean. So they make him back to Angel, and he's okay with it again. He's okay with it. Now Angel says he's leaving, and Harrison's all upset. He's, no, oh, no, 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 he can't leave. What's this? And then they had the episode from Prom where they give Buffy the award. Yeah, tearjerker. A real tearjerker. Yeah, he gets all, he gets all verklempt, and then he turns around, and then Angel shows up to the Prom, and he's like, okay, I can't handle this, and like walks out of the room, and I'm like, that's oh my, my 15-year-old boy. He's like, he's getting all, all. what do you mean he's leaving? I'm like, yeah, dude, he starts that other show, Angel. That's the other got show. Got them pissy eyes. 15-year-old like, kid. He's like, he's Holy upset. Hannah. He's my favorite character. He can't leave the show. He's my favorite character. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Shut up and deal with it because we got four more seasons. You're going to. Here, here's the most important thing. Cordelia was so hot on Buffy, and then she went to Angel and Angel season one and season two, she's even hotter. It's unbelievable. And then it uh, more unbelievable is how far she fell in seasons three and four. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it hurts my heart. I'm gonna get pissy eyes. I can't handle that either. I know. All right. So you know what? It's what's up. Oh, we've been talking for 50 minutes. We've been talking. Why do people listen to this show? This is garbage. <laughs> hey, fun review. Well, we talked. Uh, yeah, we talked. To, hey, we covered uh, a lot about Archeon and how hey, man, it might we, be worth it. We covered a lot of ground here. A so, lot of ground. All right, break, and then we're coming back with actually with the Seraphon review. So, live it up. About to get heated.
Hey folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did. Hey, Rotor. Hey, buddy. See, I didn't step on you when you said that. I know. Well, I did step on you, but then we did recorded it three more times, and then I didn't step on you, so I did it right. Oh, you cut all that. Oh, see, I thought we were doing like a bit. All right. What do oh, I know? Maybe about? I left it. I don't know. It, I don't know how I edited it because I haven't edited it yet. So, well, maybe I'll leave it. Maybe you'll edit it. Depends. I don't know. I'm, Let's <laughs> talk about this Seraphon book, buddy. All right. Let's. Uh, you want to start with uh, first impressions, I suppose? Can I sum it up in a word? Sure. Should we do hashtag reviews? <laughs> All right. All right. Hashtag conflicted. Uh, uh, that's 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 a pretty good word. I think that's what, a good word. What 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 what's your hashtag review? Uh man, I didn't have a single word. I ju- I just had um. You can't, can you? That's that's just. I'm asking too much. Blood from a stone on this one. I I, I had I have written here. I had, in two words. I had poorly explained. Oh, that's that's good. Okay, so let me let me just give you a little bit of a, a blowhardy backstory for for me to set the table on this one. Uh-huh. So you sent me this book like what a month ago or whatever, and um, I really I challenged myself to take up because I I was one of the guys who was a complainer about AFED and 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 this and and whatever, and so um, I I challenged myself to say, hey, it's Let's give it a totally legit fair shake. Let's divorce ourselves from the world that was and whatever came before, and let's respect this as Age of Sigmar, and let's approach it from a totally open point of view. And so I got myself there, and I opened the book, and immediately it won't let me do that because it says – the Slan are the same Slan who got on the boats and flew away from the old world. This is the and one like, race that is literally these are the dudes. These are literally the dudes. Like yeah. it's not even they went through the thing and they're a little bit changed or the no. It's the Slan that were in their temple spaceships and flew away. Then the great dragon like calls out to him because he mourns the old world, uh, you know, psychic stream style, whatever. And we'll we'll get into that maybe if we can understand it. But he like the uh, he sees them floating and he's like, hey, come with me, mortal realms. And so for like what millennia, thousands, literally of years, they like zip around space and then park above the mortal realms 
and but it's the same dudes. It's not so I couldn't evaluate it on just Age of Sigmar because it literally, if, if the guy's name was uh, Akatoshi from Eighth Ed, Akatoshi's here. Like, yeah. What what's up? How am I supposed? And it's not like Tyrion is Tyrion, but not Tyrion. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It's the same literal dude. So immediately I'm conflicted and I don't know how to like approach this. Should I be, I mean, it, it, it banks on your knowledge of, of who the lizard men were, but you know, they and we're are just, different. It's weird. Cause but even- they are, they, well, the slants sort of are and sort of, are, I'm, it's all confusing. Let's dive into it. But, um, yeah. But, and conflict- that's the problem is because they, they give us, <sighs> okay. They do a lot of this in the beginning of all the books is they sort of give you this sort of, this sort of uh, flowery, literary, yeah, kind of mythic yeah, overview. Mythic overview, and then they and then they drop into specifics. Specifics, and they and then here they give you this flowery, literary, oh, mythic overview, but then they don't drop into specifics, and it pisses me off because that's kind of what I want, especially of all the books. This is the one that needs it because you just told us they literally left the old world and came here. Right. And because you told me that, I need to know where here is. I need to know what's going on, and you're not giving it to me. Are they in the spaceships? Do they have a freaking planet? Is there a realm? They're just on the other side of the stars. Well, where is that? Yeah, and, and okay, so let, let's back up. You, you, you dropped a lot of stuff there that we can work with. So let's roll it back for a minute, because what I gathered is that the Slans themselves, however many there were, and it, I don't recall that it put a number against that, but I don't know. We'll say 100 Slan. Um, the 100 Slan made it, and so there are 100 spaceships with each with a Slan. And I don't know how they survived for 2,000 years without eating or drinking because they're on a spaceship, but, you know, okay, I'm being pedantic. We'll move on. Um, if I recall, though, in the end times, they weren't the only things that were on these ships. So what happened to the skinks and the source that did make it into the temples? Did they die? Yeah, they eventually died. No Apparently idea. the slon are practically immortal. Apparently. It literally says they can live. It, it, there's a part in this book, and I, I and I, it's in here, and I marked it down. I don't know exactly where it is, but there's a part in here where it says that they can they measure their ages by they, they measure their lifespans by ages of time or millenniums or something like that. So the slan are like functionally immortal. So did they just salt the meats of their dead and they've been eating Saurus burgers ever since or what what do we think I'm, happened? I'm wondering that I'm wondering if they even they're, need to they're eat. still paunchy and fatties. What do you mean to eat? Dude, they they have a high caloric and carb filled diet. Look at them. You know, uh, you could look fatty. I mean, maybe they live off of star energy. I don't know. They don't explain it. They don't bother. They didn't feel the need, which uh, is why I'm pissed off. Okay, so let's let's get into some of. The, okay, so I I have a note here. What what is what page is it? I don't know. It's like the very first page, the very first uh, after the bold paragraph. It 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 says, um, uh, summoned by to the battlefield. Blah blah blah. Um, mat- these creatures materialize. From searing cornea of celestial energy, the very stuff of stars themselves. So, what this is saying is that outside of the Slan, who are, you know, dudes, um, right? That everything else in the army is essentially star energy, and they materialize and dematerialize. 
but sometimes they're also memories and the slons remember them back in or how does that work how are okay. they starlight are they memories are they a combo platter and so they're I, starlight that, that you yes. remember and it it forms a, a body what okay how, Here's what I think they were trying to do. And this I'm I like losing my mind. And I thought this was a cool idea. And once again, it's a cool idea that that was really poorly executed by whoever wrote this. And somebody needed to come in and like script doctor this. I don't know how else to put it. Right. Basically, they're anti-demons, aren't they? Yes. Okay. The demons, I mean, the all of the demons are basically summoned into essence by their gods, right? They're a portion of the god themselves, the god's dark chaos, magical energy, and all of their minions are a portion of their magical essence, right? Um uh- Possibly, I mean, it's when, something like when, that. At least that's how it's been explained in their books. That they, when the demons are defeated, like they go back to the realm of chaos, and it takes a while to show back up. But like, you know, the the Slanesh demon Enkari shows up in fantasy, and he showed up in 40k, and guys would beat him back, and then he'd show up again years later. And so, right. it, but Enkari is still like a dude, and he still has his own memories, and people remember who he is, and whatever and right. i don't get the sense but that i remember there are reading actual... in the demons of chaos book that all of these things are still just fractions uh they're they're extensions of the chaos god's power like the power that was gifted to Ankari that made him a demon is still a portion of of whatever that you know the slanesh's power and all the little blood letters are a portion of corn's power um, now, I don't get that these are a portion of the Slans' power, but they're like the anti-thing. And, of course, what's the opposite of chaos? The beautiful star energy, the beautiful, you know, whatever this energy is. Once again, I'm not – it's poorly written. It suffers from Edwarditis. you know. It's like they let George Lucas write this, you know. Wow. Seriously. No, I, I agree. So, okay, I'm going to move away from the book for a second, and I want to talk about – I want to talk about this because because everybody um, hooked onto that word remembered and said, "Wait, they remember?" No, I mean, it, I kind of feel it's like. Okay. Hold on a sec. Hold on. I got to. I got to. I got to back it. us out for just a minute, and I'll okay. let you. I'll let you go off again. Go. But you know, I look at this release, and I look at the other releases that they've put out, which have been purely Stormcast Eternal for for models. At any rate, they they claim to be a model company. I respect that. That's fine. So. They didn't put out any models for this, so let's, you know, so we, we, we had Stormcast Eternals, we had Chaos, this book shows up, and then we have more Chaos with Archaon. Um, but because they, they're rolling the story out and they're sort of telling the story of the world in real time, the Seraphon didn't get inserted into any of these stories. They're not in the Black Library fiction that, that they're dropping. They didn't drop, you know, remembrances of the slan or some other book like that when when this thing came out there was no sort of like cross-channel synergy um or you know whatever buzzword you want to use yeah, and I there were no black models. library book i was annoyed it, that there wasn't at least a black library book giving me something it feels to me like this whole piece was rushed out the door whether it was to break up the the you know the six months of chaos releases that they're doing or it was to answer the question of did the lizard men get squatted in the new uh, the new AOS, I don't know the reason. But as we go further into the book, the the fluff is poorly written and it it seems to contradict itself or at least is very confusing. The 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 pictures, some of the art's great, some of the art not so great, and then when you get to the actual models, um, they're not even heavy metal painted. 
you know, they they rebased some of the old heavy metal stuff that were lizard men, and so you get that stuff from the previous book. But like the stuff in the new purple and pink color palette, that was just painted by like a dude. It's and it it doesn't even reach the quality of the of the heavy metal team. So the, the, the pterodons general, yeah, that feels uh, rushed out to me. I agree, a hundred percent. And it, okay. it, here's the thing. It's a great concept. I like the concept, this idea that the slant have evolved like mentally into I'm these. I'm open to the concept. I just don't think that. I, it's I, so I, poorly written. It doesn't I make sense. I can't like it because it's not good. That, yeah, and that's, and that's my beef. And I feel so bad for like you and for the people who play lizard men because I, like, like, I, know, I know Dan Heelan was saying, I don't want them to be space lizards. I want them to have their, their jungle place. I, I give two craps about the jungle place. I think it's a cool concept too. that they're out in space. I think it's a cool concept that they're, that they're literally summoning them from this place and that they can just call them down with their magic. That's cool. I mean, I'm why not? I'm good a fresh start and, and a unique... It's such approach. a cool idea, and and the fact that they that when they when they get killed, they you know they they're they're literally they are like the anti demon army, which they've they, always they been. Bleed starlight. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no beef with that. I'm like, this is kind of a cool concept. But then explain to me how this works. Like even their their like force org chart or not force org chart, but the because uh, I I got an email about that because it's not literally a force org chart there but you know how like the stormcast book like it lists who's in charge and the uh, who's underneath that and how they organize yeah. their groups the, yeah. th- this is organized into constellations and it's literally their constellations revolve around the different stars and look at this going wait what this is a what now and it's all in the stars and the stars align and I'm like this this is just it's if you want to make it this way, give you, you've got to give me more explanation. And that's part of it is the fluff portion on this is so thin. You know, they're beyond the stars of Azir. Okay, well, are they actually there? Because yeah, you literally I, make it sound like, boom, I summon them. They're on the battlefield. And when the battlefield's over, boom, they disintegrate or they go back. Go back but, where? Here's where it gets really confusing for me is, so we know the Slan are real, right? And right. they they have like a, a mortal form so do they arrive via starlight or like do they how do they get in and I out i think they and do i think what they happens just if teleport you get, themselves you know what but, happens if you kill a slon like does everybody die a la like the the droid army in in star wars or whatever like well there's one story in here there were one where the one died and he kept fighting on for a long time until the magic eventually faded and so like he didn't die right away like and the one slon went unconscious and then the the uh the Saurus guard fought for like what 500 years while he was in a coma around him okay so he needs to only remember them into existence but he doesn't need to maintain them see and that's what I'm that's what I'm that's that's what they don't explain and that's what pisses me off if you read about all the skink ones and I mean we're getting all we're going all over the place here and I don't really want to go all over the place here um, but what was I reading about the skinks? Um, where's my notes here? Uh, they talk about the skinks, and there's a little fluff part where the skinks are like walking around and like giving this. Um, here, strength from the stars. Uh, scrabbling up the side of the master's palanquin, star priest Ikadi held up the seer stone for the slan to see. With the gem swirling center could be seen a city in flames under the skies that wept blood. I'm on page 22. 
Sure. Beneath the downpour, men heaped skulls before the great brass idol that cried out the heavens. Behold the blood god's followers, my master, it whispered in the slan's ear, sensing the ancient creature stirring on its throne. So the slan is like half asleep, and the skinks are are like, oh, hey, we found somebody we need to go after, which means the skinks are going around doing work. So, like, I summoned you not just for battle. It's like I summon you up and you just, like, so it's almost like it reminds you of the chaos realm. Like, yes, Inkari is still around in the chaos realm. When he's not there fighting, he exists in the realm. So do these guys exist on the ship, like, when they're summoned? Or do they exist within a star? I, I, I don't it, know. It, it, I and, don't. Exactly, and F you whoever wrote this for not explaining this. There's a hundred and some odd pages. There's 30 or 40 pages of pictures of, of semi-painted models here. There's, I'm, I'm, I, oh, come on. I yeah. wanted this to be, I so wanted this to be good. I so wanted to know what happened to them. And I was really interested. I don't play lizard men, but they're the one race that left the planet before they made it, was, it. yeah and but, and, but uh, don't, don't 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 bother to explain it well they had a kernel of an idea and somebody was given a deadline and so exactly I think this, it was just i think this thing out. just got accelerated to a point that they couldn't manage and they couldn't sit down with an editor and very clearly define everything and, and so they just started telling stories and i mean I, there's <laughs> clever stuff in here like okay uh, page eleven, you know, like all the, you know, the, um, the, the banner bears. They had the the old, you know, we thought they were, you know, in Aethed, all the lizard, right? Banners, they were like snakes they're actually star dragons. Oh no, now those are dragons. star dragons. Those were actually they've, oh, they've always been star dragons. We just didn't realize it. And I, I can get behind that. But, I, I, yeah, I and it's kind of cool, you know. And it's like, oh, there's some neat, there's some really neat ideas here, and then they just don't expect. The core of the army just doesn't hold together and doesn't make sense. And then, and then we start getting into other stuff. Like there are outside of Lord Croak, there are no special characters in this book. Do they not remember Tedo Echo? Did they forget who that dude was? And so that's why he can't. Or did he die? And and for whatever reason, he can't come back. Lord Croak died in the end times. How is he back? I I don't know, but I know that the Eternity Wardens. Not only can Eternity Wardens be called back. Okay, should an Eternity Warden fall, a Slan can conjure his protector back from the mortal to the mortal realms, regardless of the manner of his demise or the presence of barriers, either mundane or magical. None but the Slan to whom he is pledged, however, may call upon that particular Eternity Warden. So you've got the the Slan Guard, who used to be the Eternal Eternal Guard. Now they're the Slan the Slan Guard. Or no, they call them the Source Guard. No. They've got Source Warriors, now you have Source Guard. Who, yeah, the Temple Guard are now Source Guard. Okay. Somebody's going to have to rebrand a paint right. as a result. So now you got Source Guard, and then you have the 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 Eternity Wardens. Yep. Okay, Eternity Wardens are apparently sworn to a specific slan, and so only that slan can summon them. And, he, and if they die, he can summon them right back immediately from no matter what happens to him, so he can always come right back. But he can only summon him because he only knows him, and they're like bonded to each. Why? Where? What is this bond? Why is he only to this particular slant? They explain nothing, mm -hmm. and that's my beef. If there's all these cool ideas. This is a really cool book. 
Mm-mm. This no, is a really a, cool idea. It's a right. poorly it, that's, that's executed horribly book. executed. It's a the, the, this could it's not a good book. It's cool. Mm-mm. I'm reading this going, wow, that's cool. Wow, that's cool. Wow, that's cool. But, but why? Why does it do this? Why does it do this? How does this work? No explanation. None. And, it, and and that's where this book falls apart, and it's it's disappointing. Now, I, we, there's still stuff to cover and still stuff I want to talk about. Let's do it. Uh, but it's just yeah, got, guide me, buddy. Okay, so let's let's just let's let's back up a little bit and take it from the beginning. Okay. Yeah, all right. Um. So the Seraphon leave the Warhammer world, and they're now hidden in the stars of Azir. Which is we, we should we should say Seraphon basically that's a name for them that they call themselves much like the Wood Elves called themselves the Azrai, right? Yeah, we so didn't know it because they of, don't speak English. They never spoke English. We didn't know that's what they called themselves. Sure. So they pulled that bit forward, um, and that's cool. I, yeah. Sure. I, and I'm, I know I'm other people make that. fun of it because apparently, if you Google it, that's a weird thing. With oh really? Oh, you've never Googled Seraphon images? No, sir. Uh, you know what furries are? People who are into furries? Sure do. Uh, apparently it's furries who like to be tied up and tickle tortured. What? <laughs> Don't you? Uh, you uh, dude, you're the one no, who got I, me listening I, to Jaded GamerCast. That's where I found out about this. Uh, yeah. Please do not tickle the captives. Oh boy, this is. Um, yeah, somebody should have looked that word up actually. Before somebody might have wanted to Google this. <laughs> this is family friendly. I'm not going to go any farther into that, folks. Uh, don't have. Yeah, just if you want to see what weirdness shows up, don't have your kids around. It's not that bad. It's, it's just it's uh, weird, though. I mean, it's not it's weird. It's not bad. It's just weird. So. But now there's once again they they lay down a lot of cool stuff for things that they can come back to if they want to, um, and stuff that they did in the other books that they did really well in the other books. Uh, you know, there are many myths of how the Seraphon came to live among the stars. The venerable moon monks of Hish speak of the Seraphon as children of Dracothian spawned from its breath during the age of myth. It's the great Drake's hatred of chaos that burns within the hearts and why they loan the dark gods. So little, you know, the the woad lords of the forest of claws tell of vessels that can sail between worlds. They believe they're on an endless crusade and that the mortal realms are about one are about one battle. So they mention all these different places and these characters who've seen them and who have theories about them, stuff that they could build on for stories. But once again, the first book that they've put out that has no compa- I mean other than the uh the 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 book that came out for the for all the chaos uh the those chaos uh buildings yeah that didn't get a book but right. everything else has the 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 stormcast have gotten a ton of books um you know the there's a book the the call of archaeon came out which is a compilation of all those short stories apparently came out with the archaeon book uh seraphon get nothing which I would love to see because... Well, one of the hardest things with the Lizardmen is the lack of distinct personalities within... You know, they were... They're these dudes who come out of the water bred for war. So they're, they were always single-minded. And that that makes for kind of some boring literature. Like, they can show up and, and throw a fight down, but they don't really do a whole lot of interesting thing and, past that. Get the guy who wrote the Thankful and Bone Ripper novels when they went to, this, to the to Lustria. There was... Some- oh. 
I enjoyed that book, but that sort of backs up what I'm saying. All the lizard men did outside of the salon, the lizard men just showed up and fought and then disappeared into the jungle again. That's really oh, all they that's did. True. And, and and this book pushes that even further because the lizard men or the seraphon wouldn't even show up now, like unless the salon is around. Um, which, by the way, so reading this thing, uh, I, I don't have the page in front of me, but there was a line about how they don't even show up without Big Boss Man in the in the mix. But that's not represented in the rule set at all. Like, you can play without a slon. Right. So, well, it I'm, actually does say that they can have skink priests leading them, that some of these skink star seers can actually lead armies without a slon into battle. Well, sure, it might say it somewhere else, but that's part of the contradiction and the conflict within this book then is, you know, because there was a whole, like, there was a bad picture of a slon, like, like maybe even it was the one with Lord Croak flying through the space or whatever. Oh, God. Right. There's some bad art. But um, <laughs> it, it had flat out said, like, they show up. Uh, um, I, I'm not going to be able to find it. No, I know right what you're now, saying. It basically says that, yeah, Harold, yeah. They they show up when he shows up. And so, um, but that's that's contradicted later and it's not reflected in the, it's just this oh, stuff here it doesn't is. tie together. That's like the fun part well, of these books for me is how the fluff ties into the actual gameplay ties into other novels. Oh, there you channels. go. Uh, the prophets of the whispering tower. Now, once again, this is what other people say about them. So I guess we can, we can, there can be your explanation. The prophets of the whispering tower claim that the seraphon are fashioned of demon stuff. But all that is known for sure is that they do not appear without the presence of the Slan. From the gestalt memory of these ancient seers are that the, are the Seraphon given shape. So there you go. Yes, yeah, so everybody- what does that mean? Like, so this is where that whole memory bit comes from, right? Like, the the combined memory of these dudes brings brings the lizard or brings the Seraphon dudes out. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, but it's- sometimes. They're making their own plans, and sometimes they live within the star. I I just don't get it, dude. I and I want to like I don't want to be yeah. some sort of pedantic. This makes no sense, and I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. As the will know? of the slan made manifest, it's little wonder that the seraphon are the bitter enemies of chaos. You know, I mean, it's just like it's. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because they they set up a cool idea and they don't explain. It. Yeah, there he is, page twelve, Lord Croak, just flying <laughs> through the nebula. So dumb. Just <laughs> like, yeah, bring it. He's got both arms on. He's like, bring it, bitch. You know, he's just like. Uh, but his stuff is still all jungled up. It's yeah, silly. It's the um. Yeah, he's got I, vines I, on everything. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. And that's and that's the hardest part is, I'm trying to go through this. I don't know if they're rewriting their history or if it's now just a history shrouded in myth and legend because you're getting all these. It's, nobody knows for certain, but they think it's this. Okay, well, is it this now? Is that what you're doing? Are you rewriting it? Is, well, is what... you know, it's got that thing where it's written from somebody else's point of view, and that's that's part of what the problem with the Lizardmen have been. They're sort of this enigmatic, you can't understand them type army because they don't communicate directly. And again, Seraphon are even more so of that. You know, they they don't communicate directly. Yeah. Um, and 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 without these other special characters, like who who even would take a meeting? I don't, I just I don't know. Yeah, well, like I said, everyone sort of grabbed onto that whole memory thing, and that's where I think everyone's bagging on it because it does sound weird. 
but it's like that's not really the worst part about this. It's no. I mean that's that I think that's just flowery, that's just flowery language that Maybe. that they haven't really you know, because the gods of chaos, like I said, seem to do the main thing. I just think it's, you know. No, but ugh. they had to have remembered them into existence, at least initially, because, again, no, nothing else survived the trip except for the Slan. So exactly. how did Soros, how did Soros warriors show up? They had to be remembered into existence. It's weird. And, yeah. again, I, I feel like we're retreading the same ground for, right. like, 20 straight minutes, and yeah. this is getting almost annoying. Okay. So let's. Let's find another vein well, to tap here. Yeah, let's but. jump here. Let's see where I have my notes. Uh, let's see. on page, As long as the Slan lives, fresh warriors can be called from Azir to tip the balance of a battle. Those few have, who have fought against the Seraphon and survived speak of cohorts of troops suddenly appearing on their flanks or great Saurian beasts manifesting deep within their ranks at the merest gesture from the Slan master. master. I think this is cool, and I like that, and I can see how that got written into the, the fluff as long as the Slan lives, though. So if he dies, once again, the question is, does he disappear? Later they talk about one that died, and the guy sat and fought for a long time before the magic wore off, so who knows? Um, but let's jump to the timeline, I guess. The All War right. of Eons. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Um, I like the Forgotten Army. Um, number five, the Slan Yakultak is slain upon the basalt shores by the greater demon of Nurgle, yet his Saurian army is nonetheless victorious. The Seraphon continue to fight the broken chaos forces before finally fading into starlight. So apparently the magic has to have time to unravel and fade. Him dying doesn't mean they just disappear. I'm just going maybe, with what I read. Or maybe maybe his magic was so powerful. I yep. don't know. Then we jump up, and I just put down the ones I thought were interesting. Conclave of Seers, number eight. Uh, as the Age of Chaos rages, a dozen slan gather beneath the slowly moving stars of Azir. In a telepathic council that spans centuries, they perfect their plans to destroy the Dark Gods and the Dominion of Chaos. When at last they depart, it is to gather their armies within the mortal realms for a new phase of their great war is about to begin. I'm like, oh, interesting. Kind of getting cool here. Um, I don't I don't mean to, to complain, although I'm, I'm... So I was on board with, like, a fresh start for this army. Okay, there's, there's Starmen. Cool. Whatever. Whatever that means, I'm, let's follow it through. But then they put them immediately back as, like mortal enemies of chaos. And I thought, you know, you kind of already did that with the, the Stormcast Eternals. You could have had a more interesting wrinkle. Like, did they have to be just them against chaos again? You know? Right. It, well, you know, but that yeah, that's what they always were. I didn't, I didn't mind it so much. And that's my point. That's what they always were. But they were also spawned from waters, and now they're remembered out of stars. Uh, maybe it is the same thing. Jesus. Yeah. Well, they had no. They had. Yeah. I guess there's no spawning pools in the ships. No now, starlight. Did, you, did mm. you read any of the battle plans or the uh, or the stories in that middle section? I'm sure I did. Okay, because some of those are actually mentioned here. Temple of the Dead Gods is one that's mentioned here. I want to run through these real quick because it's time for a break. But we'll go because uh, that's the Slaneshi Herald seeks signs of her master in the Temple of the Dead Gods, and that is mentioned in the battle plans. We'll get to that one. That one was actually a pretty cool story. Okay. Um, the City of Cogs was a cool one. I'm just going to mention the ones I like. The Seers of Nist craft a device that predicts the movement of the stars. As it starts spinning, it reveals a strange celestial motion moments before the Seraphon attack. 
because don't start messing with that. Uh, Pits of Filth is another another battle plan. Um, the Gatekeepers. This one is, is this one. I was like, what is this? Um, it says, as the age of chaos racks the mortal realms, gateways between worlds are corrupted by the followers of the dark gods. Though the slant have no need for the, of the gates to pass between realms, they understand their worth to the ruinous powers. With spells that set the stars to trembling, the slant changed the alignment of many gateways, altering forever where they lead. What? Like, is these the gates that Sigmar set up and stuff? Because, like, if, I mean, are these the, the realm gates? Because if that's what it says, the you know, the... Because if these are the gateways, then it's like, what did the slide just came in? Just like, all right, these don't lead where they think anymore. Screw them all up, mess them up. It was just like, okay, just a bit of story stuff going here. Just, mm-hmm. they just alter it, and then they can because that's who they are. Uh, sure. And then the last one that I was wanted to mention was the Fortress of Embers, which is like the last one, which is the last of the three battle plans. Um, and this one is really cool. Uh, I like this whole battle plan. Uh, he basically drops this giant comet down. This is a cool one because this is one where they meet the Stormcaster fighting, and it's another one where this 300 Stormcast against 8,000 corn, you know, corn uh, bloodbound. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're losing. And all of a sudden, this giant comet hits in the middle of corn and kills a bunch of them, and the Seraphon show up and just start wrecking face. And the whole island that they're fighting on because of this comet starts to crumble into the ground. And they're fighting. And they, they, the Seraphon and the Stormcast kind of realize that they're not enemies and they're fighting together. And right. as the Seraphon, like the Slan is like, all right, well, island's sinking. Everyone's dead. We're leaving. And they just leave the Stormcast to die because, or, you know, to fall into the thing because it's like they're not our concern. That's not why we came here. But like the, we'll get to it when we get to the thing. Like he sees them off, and he like realizes they're still enemies of Cass. He like salutes them as they're going, and the Slan watches him salute him, and he's like, "Huh? Like what's up with these guys? Like they 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 bear a little more looking into. Like you know, like there might be something setting up some more. Uh, at least you know they're not necessarily allies. They don't understand each other." But maybe there will be, you know, it's setting up some more stuff for the future for them, hopefully, because I'd like to see them show up more than just in this book. Because like you said, they're not really showing up anywhere, although right. this book keeps implying they can show up anywhere or anytime. They just they sure could there they go. They could. Well, and, you know, the fact that that they are they come beaming in on Starlight does mean that that all the realms are open to them. And I'm 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 cool. Can they go right into the realm of chaos then? Do they have access to that? Does does Starlight fall? I don't know. I don't know. That's a pretty dangerous move, I would think, though. I mean... Is it? They just turn back into Starlight. I mean, outside of the Slan, but does true. he have to go? I don't know. What if, what if he were in a spaceship flying above? <sighs> You're asking could, me? I've, I mean... It, it's possible that they could never lose then, right? I mean, if, if 100 spaceships took to the sky, well, the greater demons could knock them out of the sky. Maybe if they sat in orbit. Boy, this is starting to get real nerdy. I don't know, but you know what? It's gonna. We're gonna take a break because it's. Uh, we're at, we've hit the end of this portion, and I don't even have an answer to your question. So, all right, all right. So let's take a break. We'll come back, and then we'll hit the forces of the Seraphon. We'll run through their uh, some of their uh, stuff, some of their guys. <laughs> You're so done already. I love it. <laughs> right, we'll be back. Strangers, we're killing strangers, we're killing strangers, so we don't kill the world. 
unique gifts and games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. So you want to bring us back? I sure. Won't, I won't mess you up. Oh, no. I like it. Do you want me to do it now? Yeah, whenever you're ready, brother. How about now? Now? We're, 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 we're back now. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. So much so heat. Rotten. You are bringing the heat. I got to drink oh, this buddy. tea, baby. Let's, um, let's talk about these units. So they got a lot of units. Um... I would say they have less units than the Lizard Man book. Uh, because they lost all the named characters, almost all the named characters. Right. Um, it's interesting. It starts off now, they, they, they give it, this is the new thing, Forces of the Seraphon, and they tell you how they, they set up their armies. And th- these guys set up by constellations. Ooh. And, of course, the center of the constellation is the Slan. And do you notice that the picture on page 23 kind of looks like a dinosaur a little bit? Yeah, like I the, didn't, the but Slan yeah. Is the, you know what it looks like? It looks like the one from Adventure. Remember the Atari game Adventure with the dinosaur with the little, like, it looks like a, somebody get this freaking duck away from me. Like, no, man, I'm I'm way younger than you. Oh, I have sh- no oh, idea what you're talking about. I hate you. But look, it's like got the little feet and the tail and then the arm. Oh, no, I tail. totally yeah. see it. He's, hello, my darling. He's, <laughs> hello, he's my doing baby. The, yeah. The whatever J Frog dude. <laughs> yeah, Michigan. Anyway. Thank <laughs> you. So uh, it breaks up, and you've got the Slan, and underneath him there's the Old Blood and the Star Seer. And the Star Seer breaks up into the Skink Priests and all the little Skink stuff and the big monsters. And the Old Blood breaks up into Sunblood, Scarvret, and Eternity Ward, and all of his Saurus warriors. So the Slan breaks into two halves basically the Skinks and the Saurus. And all their little factions, um, and uh, so they they form constellations, uh, little figures in the stars, and then you get some pretty cool pictures, and then they talk about these different constellations and their names, like the one, like this person is called the Fangs of Sotek, and this this you know has this sort of uh, formation, and this one's called Dracothian's Tail, and it whips across the heavens like the great. So one of the yeah, one of the things that's cool about the the slan is at the start of the game, you roll and uh, there's a little there's a little chart and you see what right. constellation he sees in the sky, right? Yes. And uh, so I kind of like that. You know, obviously before they were like these geomantic 
earth mages and now they're these star master mages uh-huh. um so even though they're they're the literal exact same dudes now they're different okay fine it's it works a little bit it, it you know it, once again it's fine i like i i one of the things i really enjoy about age of sigmar is when you're not having to worry about balancing out points on every single guy you just write stuff into their characters that works for their fluff. Like, hey, this is how these guys work now, and they've got this cool thing that they do. Like, And it's they try to write stuff into the characters that works for the fluff, and it's kind of neat. You know, like I said. I, I don't mind the high, high magic, you know, or the high fantasy, excuse me. Right. Um, it, it's goofy, but it makes it much more original, and uh, I can get into it. You know, it's cool. And uh, the so, salon can actually, uh, you know, it, they talk about how the salon can actually change the alignments of the stars. Like throughout the fluff, they mention this stuff. And yep. so, yeah, you roll the stars, and during the start of your hero phase, you can try and change the. Yep. Yeah. That, um, that's a cool wrinkle to him. I, I, I've i I've played with that. I've had fun with that, you know. On a four-up, you can move it. On a, If you roll a one, though, not only doesn't it move, but you get screwed up and you don't get to cast any magic this phase. So right. be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you have Slan Star Masters and stuff. Now, some of the stuff that I was looking at that uh, I found interesting. Yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, they are survivors of a bygone age who bore witness to the birth of the eighth, eight realms. To their labyrinthine minds, the past, present, and future blur together, though in rare moments of lucidity, they bend all their sorcerer's might towards the downfall of chaos but they still rely upon the creatures of Azir to fight their wars. So, yeah, so they, they sort of, their minds Wait, are all over. Go ahead. How, how, how did they witness the birth of the eight realms if the dragon found them and was like, hey, the eight realms are over here. Come over with me. Well, and then. Uh, I, I, I'm just assuming that when the realm, when the <laughs> chaos world was destroyed, that whatever. I'm they being, saw. Listen, I'm being kind of a turd, yeah, but okay. I'm just, I'm pointing out the internal conflict of the fluff here, you know. In, in in one instance, they see the world being born. In the other instance, they're being brought to the world. I don't know. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? If they'd have written it better, we'd have an answer. But I they agree. didn't, so F us. You know, that's basically where we're at. Yep. Um, you got the old bloods. A lot of these guys are very much the same. You know, the old bloods, the imposing general veterans of wars beyond counting. Then you got the sun blood. Now, isn't that Krokgar? Yeah, that that was the dude with the shield. I I you like this, this, you know. Up, um, didn't you? What's that? Wasn't that the model you painted up at uh, Paca? Yeah, I painted yeah. him. He's 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 cool. He's actually uh, a the the Sunblood is a ton of fun to play with. I've I've really enjoyed putting him in my lists. He is a combat beat stick. Um, he was also the guy. I, like I had him out there, and that's where I learned the devastation of you know what are essentially impact hits when like. A uh, uh, the big ogre thing would ride by and kind of throw d6 mortal wounds on any unit within an inch of as he goes by. Okay. Well, I had that dude standing out there, and he just got totally schnockered. Um, <laughs> but they are fun. They are a ton of fun. Um, and they got a cool um, uh, command ability, too, where like you, you declare a target one of the units out on the field weak. He smells weakness. And then Anything with uh, keyword source can re-roll hits against that unit. Um, I like real... that though. That they they explain oh, yeah. that in the fluff, and that's a cool thing. That it's like, 
yeah, uh, if, if he, he singles out a foe for destruction and they just they go after the weakness, they're rare among the Seraphons. Some scholars believe they were the first source to be called forth from the stars and have existed almost as long as the mortal realms themselves, growing strong off the magic of Azir. Others claim that they're an evolution of the Seraphon themselves, perhaps even the first step in a transformation into something new and as yet undreamt of. It's... Uh, Kind of, and then the sor- then they give the Saurus have a different understanding. They believe the Sunbloods are a fragment from their past and a piece of the lost war deity of the Seraphon remade into celestial form. To them, the Sunbloods are nothing less than avatars of battle, champions that walk on the mortal. They just sound so awesome. They're great, dude. They're sweet. And you know, one of the things about AOS is, in general, the the characters are kind of outside of the super characters. Characters are kind of dialed down. They're like these little buff wagons now that, you know, sort of run up behind a unit and and juice them. This guy does that, but he's also a total beat stick in combat, and I love him for it. Yeah. I I wouldn't write a list without one of these guys, at least right now. Cool. They're fun. They're fun. Cool. Um then you get these Eternity Wardens. And once again, I loved reading the fluff because I love these little stories. We already mentioned that uh, you can uh, the, each Eternity Warden is linked to a very specific slon, mm-hmm. which might be interesting for painting, uh, maybe or for hobby. Oh, things. yeah, that could be cool. You know that he would be painted up maybe in similar colors to a slon. Maybe if you're playing a big game, if you had two slon, you know, because some people used to run two slon. Yep. Maybe if you have two, that you paint the Eternity Wardens to color them up with them. Um, I love this one. Uh, Zotar, shield of the Azure City, choked the Lord of Change with his own broken body to save his master. <laughs> I was just like, oh, God. While Altor K, the unbowed, stood sentinel for a hundred mortal lifetimes over the remains of his master, Nohakal, until the Slan's magic finally faded. So, that yeah, this guy lasted for a hundred lifetimes. So, what? If, if figure, what, 800 years? After the Slan died, protecting his, his, his remains. Before he dude, faded, that dude's dedicated. Also, how come those remains don't just rot and 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 return to the earth? I don't know. That's I, cool though. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't mind that. Yeah. Um. Then you get the Saurus guard. Who was the? Because there was an Eternity Warden in the previous book. He was he was always sweet, but he was uh, way overcosted continually. Right. Um. And I can't. What was his name? Chackax. Yeah, Chackax. Yeah. Yeah, he was rad. Um, yeah, and didn't he wind? He he was in the, he showed up in the in the in the book in one of the one of the things we in the end times books when we covered it. I'm pretty certain. Yeah, because he had he had magic starlight. Um, oh yeah, he had star metal um, in his in his uh, double ended lightsaber that he was right. that he fights with. Right. Right. And, yeah. Uh, so he was pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, the Saurus Guard again. They they're they're called down. They're loyal to the Eternity Wardens. Um, the Obsidian War tells a similar tale. Uh, twin-souled Sorcerer of Nits, a sl- the Slant Bodyguard defended his inert form. Five hundred seasons passed on the splintered plains as they fought off attacks, and generations of tribesmen were born and killed during the battle. When at last Yonkwala emerged from his trance, triumphant. He beheld a plane of bones around the guardians. So these guys basically, yeah, they basically protected him when he got knocked into a coma or something. Uh, for 500 years, he's unconscious. Mm-hmm. And they just stood in a circle around him, killing anyone who got near him. So how, okay, how long? So it took a couple millennia to get to the to the eight realms. How long have these dudes 
I, I, I'm, I can't come to grips with just the timeline. Like, well, these now the 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 eight realms have lasted for thousands of years, apparently. Because now, if you've been reading the the big books, the campaign books, I'm not. Now uh, it says got a little gap in my knowledge. When here. Sigmar met Dracothian and wandered the realms. And he was looking for and meeting up with all the, the you know, the, the, the different gods or the different, uh, you know, the avatars of the different magic. When he, he, when he found Nagash and when he found Alarial in that, yep. he found evidence of, like, civilizations in these places that are, like, like, bygone civilizations. Now, whether that's just the memories of the people who formed these realms and there was nothing ever really there or whether stuff existed. And it was hundreds of years that Sigmar walked around and, and worked with them. So, I mean... The, the these realms have lasted for they've been around for a couple thousand years before chaos came and for hundreds of years were dominating them so yeah there's just millennia have passed it's kind of crazy yeah I mean I you know one of the things that's cool about 40k is their scope um, we're talking about like to feed the the emperor it's what 10,000 psychers a day need to be liquefied and and feed the emperor uh there are billions of worlds and all yeah. these big black ships uh, the scope is is impressive and kind of hard to wrap your mind around and i'm finding the same to be true here where i i don't have a great sense of when this happened how long these dudes were there but i it feels huge to me yeah it's like, very vague and it's it's but it's but it's leaving it very open as we're starting to fill in they're starting to fill in little gaps and you're like okay this has been around a long time and right. yeah there's well i mean there's like they've got a couple there's the age of myth and then there's the age of something else and so like before this age of Sigmar, there was, you know, chaos has been basically running roughshod for, what, three, four hundred years. But there was this whole age of peace where Sigmar ruled with the with the other rulers for a few hundred years before that. And then those realms were uh, running on their own before Sigmar for hundreds, if not a couple thousand years before that. So it's just like, wh what? This, mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of crazy. Like... We don't know exactly because they haven't they haven't spelled it out for us. They're leaving it open. I don't know if they're going to or not. I kind of hope they do, although I hope they don't. You know, they don't need to. I guess they don't need to fill it out completely. Leave some of it in myth. You know, leave some of it shrouded. Leave some mystery. But there's there's a lot of stuff going on here. So, right. Um. Let's see. I like the Scarvets. Scarvets may become an old blood as their battle lust cools into a focused rage. <laughs> and whether on cold ones or carnosaurs, they're badasses. Um, okay, I like that. Mm -hmm. um, then the Saurus Warriors, you know, they're, they're still the same as before. I like this little side box on their weapons. Their weapons are formed from glimmering star metals on Sunstone of Azir, fashioned into the shapes of spears, clubs, and blades by the Skink Weapon Crafters. They are as fragments of the heavens given potent form in the mortal realms. In the hands of the Seraphon, their celestial magic grows, drawing strength from star warriors who in turn wield them with deadly skill. They keep talking about this. The stuff that they're using is from the star metal and star powers, and stuff starts to glow when there's a lot of them around, and it gets more powerful. Right. And, you know, as a, as a sort of general rule, all their shields are this, like, star metal shield, and uh, it, it blocks wrens and and whatnot um they're they're all in on that but you know again one of the interesting things that i took from this is that we've got skinks
doing like you know blacksmithing so clearly they do live in the stars right yeah and uh, do they live on the ships is that where they hidden but like they've remembered like they all died and so now they're i mean like i said the these spaceships seem to be like the slon version of the chaos realms and they've got all these things that are there but they don't really they're they're you know, i think i'm just gonna go with that that they live on spaceships in or around the stars and they've got entire little little enclave little and because they're little like suburb they're, yeah they're like suburbs right where you can go down and you can get a ships. frozen yogurt and you can get a well no they don't get, need it because they're made of star stuff so i'm assuming they don't need to eat then they don't need to poop and there's your solution if hmm. you're made of star stuff you don't need to if you're a demon, I mean, they're demons, right? They're demons. They don't need su- normal sustenance. They're made of starlight. They live off of star energy. There, you know, there was a, there was an interesting sidebar story that we kind of skipped over, but it was one yeah. where the um, the demons had so polluted a world or a realm or, or an area or whatnot, and the Seraphon showed up, and ultimately the Seraphon got slaughtered, as did the, the demons, but the Seraphon bleed star blood or starlight or whatever and it literally has healing properties and like the ground was healed as a result of the starlight splashing across it oh right 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 so yeah there's another one where a a vampire tries to like feed off of it and it just like (laughs) because it can't yeah murgluk uh don't know is that no, that's not even it. Murgluck is the one, the the starlight blood one. Yeah, the starlight blood. There's one where a vampire tries to feed off of this thing, and 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 it just like make makes it sick, and then the the as it as it gets up and coughs up starlight, <laughs> the, the 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 seraphon just turns around and bites his fool head off. It's like, don't you you can't feed off me. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I got a question. The Astrolith yeah. Bearer. What model is that? That is, um, I've got him. Is that like it, the BSB he, model? It's the BSB, and I believe it was web only. I think it was direct order only. Some stores would, would still get it in. Because that's um, a cool-ass looking model. Yeah, it's um, it's all metal. It, it was before the times. And it's, I'll, I'll tell you what, though, man, it is top and front heavy like crazy because that big, huge metal uh, uh, BSB part, mm-hmm. you need to put something underneath him to counteract uh. that. And I always used magnets and just had him in my in my move tray. Um, when I eventually get to <laughs> basing him, I'm going to have to really consider the the weight and how I'm going to work that out because he's I've, I've fielded him a couple times. You know, he, he gives – the slon plus one to cast and so he's really useful oh he does um, a lot more than that you know what he's basically he seems to be you know the uh the the chaos guy with the giant icon that comes in the uh the starter box the aos starter box mm-hmm. he can do pretty much what that guy does he's like the anti that isn't he uh well i don't i don't know much about the the, the chaos one so well, i can't on. speak to that he can uh you in your hero phase, he plants his great astrolith and activates the powers. Until your next hero phase, you don't move him. He adds one to the result of the casting roll for a Seraphon wizard. Um, so it's not just the slons anymore. Oh, yeah, they added. They did add that new character type. So before there were only the, the, the skinks 
where all these like priests who didn't cast a spell, they instead like shook their little totems and right. they did add a, a, a spell caster now. So it, because when it was just the lizard man PDF, it was slons or bust as far as uh, mage users or magic users were concerned. And they have added a, a magic user, which I think was a gap that needed addressing. And I'm glad to see that they addressed it. That was, that was a, a good call by them. Yeah. Cause now, yeah, it'll, it'll say Seraphon and wizard. Uh, on some of them, yep. yeah, but uh, like no, because uh, the other he, oh, it's proud defiance, yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, reroll fail to hit rolls. That was one. But the difference is, um, yeah, well, you get the plus one to the casting with the wizard. What he gets uh, with the corn one is they get plus one attack with their melee weapons. But oh, okay. it's, it's still like that. Plant that thing and don't move, and they get a bonus. And it's a sim- similar type of. Uh, Similar type of idea, though, that they, yeah, plant this and then they don't, that it's a, the icon. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, yeah, and it's a totem. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, it's cool. I, I like that, and I love that model. I really yeah, do. Yeah, he's, he's cool. You can see, though, with this one, the, how they've sort of, you can, in fact, if you look at the picture on, on 112 of the model, it looks like they bent the uh, astrolith portion back. Yeah, they bent it right over they, his hand. They bent it back from over his hand to behind, <laughs> so it's over his head. So it's it's over the center of the disc, so he doesn't yep. fall forward on his face. So that's there's smart. Your, there's your solution. That's, that's, he, he is very top heavy, man. So what other stuff in here is pretty cool? Because I'm kind of going through in a lot of these Soros Knights, same as before. Then they got this list: Skink Priests and Seers. Now this is different, isn't this? So the the um the Star Seer was obviously that used to be Teto Echo, and you know right. there was a there was a war scroll for Teto Echo when this was Lizardmen. They got rid of Teto. They got rid of all the special characters outside of Croak now. Uh-huh. So this dude's new. Um, I'm not sure. What What do you no, think? What about okay? Well, okay. First, you got the Skink Priests. The Skink Star Priest. Yep. So that that's the one that they added. Um, he was the gap before where they they didn't have a another magic user, right? Well, because they got priests, star priests, and star seers. So the the priest is just the one on foot, I believe, right? He's, He's just, just the one priest. that shakes his stuff, and but he doesn't actually cast a spell, right? It's like right. on a four plus, his 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 shaking of the bones works or whatever, and you can right. It says they can subtly alter the outcome of a battle, something like that. Then they got the star priest that says here are more akin to regular wizards. They're the sorceress conduit for the slan. They can call upon the destructive energy of Azir and uh, burning beams of starlight. And those are the guys in the, uh, those are the skinks on the palanquins. Those the, there were skinks on palanquins before. Did I, did I just never see those on the table? Or that's nope. that's not. Nope, there never was. It was only Teto. Oh, so that's so that's the Teto Echo model. Is the, the mm-hmm. okay? So that's just the Teto Echo model. But now it could be any skink that's just okay. Blah blah blah. They just they gave it a general name. Okay. You know, one of the things that is nice about this. So uh, this was a question that I had when it was when it was Lizard Men, and it was Teto Echo, and um, you would look at the the Slan summon, you know, s- summon powers. And Teto Echo would come with a spell, and it was like, summon Teto Echo. And so it was always unclear, well, do you have him in your case, and the Slan just knows it because he's in your case, and, and that's right. how he gets it. And then, or is it one of those where you have to have him in your list, and then he can, so, but if that's the case, then you end up with two Tettos, that's right. ridiculous. And now you don't have now to worry that about that. that's gone, it's just the, a Starseer. So, it makes a lot more sense. So here's what I'm wondering. 
when they released the lists, did they know then we're getting rid of the named characters, but we don't want to change that and dump it now and have people freak out. So we'll just leave the Teto Echo there and then just change it to Starseer when we put out the book. Or Probably. Did, I'm guessing that's what they did. You know, I mean, they clearly knew about Starlight and all that stuff because all their weapons were called, you know, oh, Starlight right. magic stuff. Right. So I think they had a general idea of all these things. Yeah. And once again, their powers in the War Scrolls kind of align to their their what how they're described. So it says how you know these skink star priests they're more akin to wizards and they're this conduit of the thing. This uh, this cosmic herald is kind of a bizarre. Ability. Have you seen this thing? Uh, what page? What am I looking at? On page 114. Okay. Uh, give it to me. In the hero phase, you can attempt to scry the future. You take a die and you put it on any number you want and you hide it. I do the same. Okay. You got the skink. I'm your opponent. You gain as many insights as the number on the dice. Okay. So whatever number you put down is what you gain. Unless I pick the same number as you. If I happen to pick the same number, I get the insights instead of you. So you get whatever number you choose as long as I didn't happen to guess the exact same number. Because if I get it, then... Boy, don't you always have to defend against six, then? Wouldn't wouldn't uh, you you versus me, wouldn't you have to assume I'm going to put a six? It's sort of like playing blackjack and you have to assume the dealer's... Or a face is going to become a, a, a 20. I could always put six and then you, then you never put... Six. But here's the thing. If I'm always putting six, then you can just always put five or four and just say, oh, look, I'll get at least five or four of them. You see what I'm saying? So that, then it becomes a guessing game. Are you the guy who's... You know, I mean... But so then what do you do with it? You know, and what the thing is, each insight can be used to reroll any single dice before your next hero phase. Pretty huge. Yeah. So between you know, now and, and the next hero phase, if, if, I, if I just put down a six to keep you and you just always pick a five, that's five single dice you get to reroll at any point between now and your next hero phase because of the star seer. And the thing that's, you know, these guys have such a high bravery that you won't find Battleshock to be a huge factor with Seraphon. Um, they can withstand. And then a lot of the, the, the various heroes and characters can also help with the Battleshocks. So, um, or the... Yeah, like if you've got the source guard out and there's a there's a hero nearby, their bravery is like a twelve or something, like just bananas. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You could use all these rerolls. You could comfortably not worry about saving them for a battle shock. You could actually get use out of them in an attack phase or with magic in the hero phase or something along those lines. That could be really interesting. Especially since he's got that that uh, spell that uh, curse of fates, casting value of four. Pick a unit within 20 inches once per phase until your next hero phase. You can increase or decrease the result of a single die roll for that unit by one. Yeah, that, that seems to be more for, what do you think, like on put that onto a, a, a slon and help him with his spells? I, I you don't do it with see... that. You could do it with Lord Croak to make sure he never dies with that thing where he's got to take at least five wounds to kill him. Any to you know to guarantee right. he's going to die he's, anyway. He's a weirdo, but yeah, I mean, but there's, him, I mean, yeah. there's just they've got. I mean, I don't think you would put that on like skinks and and use it for shooting. That'd be kind of no, a waste. Right? No, but what I'm just saying is, it's just once again, I like these rules that fall align with the fluff. These guys are these conduits of the slan they they can scry and understand the future and so all their abilities are just all their abilities are adjusting your die rolls <laughs> it's right. like okay that's kind of neat 
And it then is. yeah, and then you get that that's the star seer. Oh no, I'm sorry. That was the star priests are the ones who are the regular wizards. That was the so the star seers on the palanquin, their fluff. I'm sorry. The, these yeah, the star seers, the ones who can uh, the ones on the palanquins, the ones who can adjust the die rolls. These are the guys who are according to their fluff more aware of the slans plan versus chaos than other seraphon and they're more aware of the present than the slan let me read this little part right here because these are um let's see let me find it uh the star seers okay no seraphon are as attuned to the ancient masters as the star seers for they are able to understand a measure of the plan that the slan follow and the great war they wage against the dark gods Starseers are often more aware of the present than the slan, as the skinks' minds are unclouded by the fragmented memories of eons. Thus do the starseers act as guides, finding patterns in the missing pieces of the Seraphon's past and unraveling forgotten truths. Especially potent starseers are able to travel far from their master's side while retaining a measure of his power. Seraphon armies may even be led by such beings, and they can exert great influence within the mortal realms." Uh, they're also adept at sh- shaping Celestite and Starstone, Starstone, and that's how they make uh, the palanquins and float around. So it's just like, what? what? You know? And so uh, th- those are the guys in the palanquin, I think, are the coolest, even though their actual abilities don't, they, they just deal with uh, altering dice rolls. I think the idea that they could just alter dice rolls is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the last one is a skink oracle, and those are the guys who were right on the troglodons. Did the troglodons always come with a little skink rider? Uh, they did, and you could upgrade them for like 15 points to give them a divination rod, and then he could channel. And um, the slan had the ability to cast through dudes like other skinks, and so he could be one of those guys that the slan could extend the range of his magic missiles through and and whatnot and so like he still has a divining rod and he can use it for um um to to turn off a spell or whatever but he's not a wizard no so he's not he's never been a wizard he's just sort of in the middle there right but that's that whole thing where that guy's that thing that affects Slan wizards. It wouldn't affect him, but he's got that thing that he can still do that so there's some pretty cool the skink guys have some pretty cool little Abilities, mm-hmm. yeah, and the troglodon's got some weird stuff too. Do am I crazy, or are the skink chiefs are they gone? Um, I don't see any. Let's see, Lord Croak, Old Blood, Soros. I'm going back to the constellation. I don't think that. Yeah, because you know what. Is- the a thing anymore. No, the, the Soros I think are, I missed that the first time through. Skinks. No, you're right, because you got a skink priest, skinks. Um, the unit leader's an alpha, so there's no... They don't even call him a chief as far as the... Well, they are gone on 23. There is no mention of a skink chief or anything. Nope. They're gone. You are correct. Boom. So skink characters are strictly... Mages or semi-mages or shamans or oracles. So that's kind of cool. So, we really have defined them as the 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 fighters are the Saurus and the yep yeah yeah huh. clear distinction there. That's cool. I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, you know, skinks are still skinks, but they <laughs> they talk about this idea of this uh, their weapons, which I was reading about. Uh, skirmishers with javelin dart, light, 
of the the light of weapons burns brighter, fueled by the collective celestial essence of the skinks. Like, huh? Like, there's just some weird stuff that they talk about here that I don't quite get. But apparently, the more skinks there are, the more powerful that that their their celestial power of their weapons is. And the chameleon skinks got a nice, cool little write up that they're in the shadows. They mimic their surroundings. Oh, it's star venom on there. They don't use jungle venom anymore. Ain't no joke. No, sir. Um, it is particularly lethal to demons of chaos. Dude, demons of chaos are really, I mean, chaos is getting sort of a lot of, a, a, a lot of this stuff that's coming out. The, a lot of this stuff, excuse me, in this book and a lot of stuff in the uh, Stormcast book, it's like all of these people are basically standing up against chaos and getting all sorts of bonuses against chaos. And chaos is not getting a whole lot of bonuses against these guys so they're uh they're they're in a hard way right now i think with well you know i haven't actually played against chaos but chaos typically has always had that ability to solo they didn't need the synergy the way some of these other armies did Mm -hmm. so well i wonder if they if they if they're if if how it's working now because dude there's a lot of stuff in here if you read this and it's like oh if it's a it's it's another thing oh it's d3 uh mortal wounds unless you're cast dude i mean even the uh a couple of these spells, it's like uh, the battle shock test. So oh, if you're chaos, you roll two dice and take the heavier one. And if you're, you know, it's just, or you know, it's just like, oh, you guys, if you're cash, you're screwed. But uh, yeah, so that's that. And let's see what else. Let's kind of wrap this up. The hunting packs seem the same as before. The razor dons and the. And the salamanders mm-hmm. seem pretty much the same. I like the Croxador right. The Croxador write up makes them sound kind of awesome. I like the Croxador. I think that that they're useful again. Um, you know, th- they've got a place in the in the army. Um, I like the old bloods and the scar in, vets. In the, respect them. <laughs> they're, they're not. Yeah, like they were useful in seventh. They weren't so useful in eighth. Um, now I, I like them again. Yeah, they you know, just, they've got power. They're not just big lizard men. They're not troll trolls in a lizard men army. They're they're, but you know the the write up seems pretty cool. I do like the uh, the moon hammer thing that the that the that the that the um the one one in every three models can get where it's that uh, normally they just get four attacks with their weapon, but this guy can basically get one attack for every model that's within range. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool if you're getting swarmed by zombies or something like that. Mm-hmm. Especially with damage two, fours to hit, threes to wound, rend one. Eesh, that's not bad. Um, oh, I like their uh, I like their their jaws like a steel trap rule, which is kind of fun. Yeah, uh, if the wound roll for an attack is made with the model's vice-like jaws is six or higher. Croxagore clamps its massive teeth around the victim, shakes it back and forth. Both you and your opponent roll a die. If you score higher, your opponent does not make a save roll. Instead, the target suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to the difference between the two die rolls. Otherwise, the victim slips slips free and the attack causes no damage. That could be real useful against some big dudes, you know, as a a way to uh, take down an Archaeon even, you know? Yeah. It could be useful against ogres too, guys with multiple big five wound things. I roll a six on this, and you can get a good roll. Now, granted, you roll that, you roll a six to wound, and they could get away with no wounds. But yeah. it's mortal wounds, man. That's that's just 
kind of that seems kind of cool to me. Yep. So I like it. I think they just oh, this is there's some cool stuff in here. I really I really liked reading that. Uh, the Pterodon Riders. Now they've got their now they got their rocks. They're 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 well written on rocks. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Ripper Dactyls were they always called bull? Uh, were, were they Fire Leech Bolas? Is what they were. What are they now? Oh, they're still Fire Leech Bolas. Was that a thing? Yeah, that was. Uh, it it gave them flaming attacks for like a point each. Or, or made something from sun. Like that. Oh, sorry, they're made from sun leeches. Sun, sun leech. leech bola. Yeah. Uh, sun leech. So now. If they score a hit, the projectile bursts and spreads flames among the foe. Roll a die and make that many wound rolls. Oh, interesting. So that's a it's a shooting attack. Yeah, I mean it was always a shooting attack before, but it was one shot. It was not great, but it was like if you were fighting, I don't know, uh, uh, Skaven. That hell pit was always a pain in the ass for for um, lizard men to deal with. So you might take fire leech bullets back then. Okay, um, so I don't have enough. I don't have enough experience to know when to take a sunleech bola at this point, though. Ripper dactyls were they always called blot toads? Yes. Okay. People called them bloat toads, but they were always blot. Okay, that's what I was asking. So they're blot toads, and now yep. the slon just summon them. They just stick them down there for them, to just because they summon everything. So they'll just put them because apparently these guys are kind of hard to control in battle. So they'll just throw them, but it'll drive them crazy. Y-Tech, these guys are phenomenal in this game. They were, are they? They were real hit and miss in the last game, real fragile, and you had to be careful with them. These ones, and I've been using the, um, there's a formation where you get two packs of these, or like one pack of these and a couple skinks. Or so. I, I'm not sure what the exact formation is, because I, I end up with two packs of these dudes. But they Shadow Strike come- Starhost? Uh, a skink star priest or a skink priest, two units of skinks or command skinks, and a unit of pterodon riders or ripper dactyls? Uh, that's probably what it is now. When it was the lizard men, it had a slightly different name, and it, you okay. didn't need the priest. But um, they just came in and destroyed. They were amazing. Um, I, I, I've really had some fun with them. Oh, is that where you can set them up off the side, where they just come flying in and you can set yes, them Yes, sir. Oh, add one to any wound rolls? Yes, sir. When they're charging, yep, they're nasty. That sounds pretty cool. Yep. So they're they're pretty vicious, huh? Yeah, dude. I it, again, much like that that Sunblood. Uh, it's hard to write a list without these guys for me. I gotta know? say though, especially in in um, scenario play, you're never quite sure what is coming, so you don't know what you need. So having them being able to show up when and where you need them, it's really useful. I gotta say though, page uh, one twenty six and one twenty eight. Yeah, the pictures. These. This army is not well painted. No, this army is just not well painted. You know, um, this reeks of two years ago. Workshop put out a Grey Knight Codex in forty k, and it's the same deal. There were no models with the release. It was just a codex to sort of bring them up to the to get him into a hardback edition. It was really, it felt rushed. It didn't, it wasn't very fun to play. And, um, um, the army that was painted and featured wasn't an heavy metal army. It was just some guy who had a whole bunch of stuff. That's what this looks like. You know, like there's no highlighting outside of some dry rushing. There's just a lot of washes. The wing patterns just look weird to me. I'm just, I'm not a, I'm not a, it just, Whatever. It's, it's just not great. No. I'm 
believe me, I'm I'm right there with you, buddy. Okay, so two more units, and then we'll wrap this part up. Uh, the Stags. Love them. And they got that similar similar description. Super strong, resist magic. The engine of the gods can even slow down time to make them look like they're flying around you. Well, engine of the gods are bananas in that if you rolled an 18, you get an extra turn. So people oh. who complain about two turns in a row, they can give you three turns in a row, you know? Yeah, not only that, but if they're near a slon, you get to roll 4d6 instead of 3d6 and then pick the three you want. So the odds of getting the 18 become suddenly so, so much better, especially when you've got yourself a uh, skink star, uh, one of those uh, skink star priests. Oh, yeah, who can modify the roll. Who can modify one? Oh, yeah. Oh, I even forgot about him. I was thinking more along the lines of, yeah, you got a star priest who can modify the roll by one. Or, no, you got that, the one guy who gives you re-rolls. Oh, no, the Star Seer. He gives you the re-roll, and he's got the Curse of Fates, which allows you to modify the roll by one. So I can re-roll those dice and try to at least get fives and modify I mean, it by one. I mean, it's just... What we're really seeing here is that this army is an army of synergy, that that it a lot of things bounce off each other. You get the, the buffs here that work over here to get this thing to come up over there. You know, that's that's kind of what this army does, and it does it really well. And Yeah, and yeah, the engine of the gods, I was reading over this, and I'm like, wow, this is kind of bananas. It's bananas. The, so, and I I regret having not um, caught up to it. The <clears throat> At least in the Lizardman version, um, when you could summon an, a unit up, mm-hmm. um, there, oh yeah, yeah, same thing, 14 to 17. As his result, there are no restrictions on the unit that he summons. Um, the slons always restricted to sort of the minimum unit size, so ten, ten skinks come up or five uh, Soros guard come up. With this dude, if you've got a horde of them, here, here they come. The Seraphon <laughs> unit is called forth. Yeah. Yup. Yeah. So it doesn't say what. Yeah. <sighs> so I don't know. You tell me, but. Uh, well, I mean, I suppose, let's see. Yeah, a unit is three or more models. A unit is five or more models. So I suppose you could just summon up a unit of 50. Yeah, I mean. It doesn't say that Unless they could. it says it's a single model, then you could summon it. Unless it, yeah. Oh, see, and that's where, yeah. But all the, like, summoning spells, like summon pterodons, uh, you can... Set up a unit of up to three pterodons is, is the language used there. So it's very specific on for like a slon to summon a unit on how many of each unit he can bring. This, there's no rules here. So you can go bananas unless there's comp in place to stop you. Yeah. And with all those rerolls, it's real easy. Well, I shouldn't say real easy, but it's very possible to get a 14, you know, oh, using sure. four dice with rerolls and moving things around. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. And the last one's the Bastilladon. Is it any good anymore? I love the Bastilladon. He's I've always great. loved the model he, and what, I like what he's got, about it. What he's got, you know, AOS like as a general rule, spells are like 18 inches now and it everything's a much shorter range, closer range game. He lets you stick around in the back a bit. His his laser's like 20 or 24 inches. 20 inches so, with 2d6 attacks. Yeah. 
Yeah, and before his laser was really inconsistent. Um, you never know if it, you're going to get D3 strength 3 or 2D6 strength 6 out of him. And so he was real hard to plan around uh, a strategy with. But now he's um, much more consistent with that laser. And uh, yeah. When it takes a mortal wound on a 4-up, it's ignored. Oh, and if your searing beam hits chaos demons, the damage is 3 instead of 2. Yeah, so Ooh. he's a damage 2. 2d6 shots, so um, you've got plenty. Uh, to hit is a 4, to wound is a 3. It's got a 1 rend on it, 2 damage, and and he gets to hang in the back. And so you can put up walls of skinks or source meat. He's useful, man. I've, I, I like him. And that's all the units, basically. This is pretty awesome. This sounds like a. I mean, it sounds like they make a pretty good army. So I think they're fun. Yeah. Maybe talk about the uh, before we before we break. Can we talk about? You know, what, let's take a break and come back. There's two things I want to talk about real What's quick that? for a short segment. So let's take a quick break because we need to. It's way over time, All and right. then uh, we'll come back and um, I want to talk about summoning and one other thing real quick. All right. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. And we're back. Sweet. Yes, we are. We are sweet. Um. <laughs> what are you doing, a Cartman bit here? Where are we, we are going? Sweet. We're totally sweet. Um. Okay, so this army is an army much like Nagash's army that can. I mean, the fluff is based all around the fact that it can summon what it wants, when it wants, how much it wants. And you've played this game mm-hmm. where that can happen. And um, mm-hmm. it's it's made for some miserable games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think – Now, I mean, I like to play to the fluff, and I like to play with, you know I, – I, you know, is there a way to make this – to make that work where you can – do some summoning? I mean, do you think with some restrictions you can do a, a nice army that can do some summoning and make it? Absolutely. So, you know, I think there are a couple different solutions. Um, one of them is, you know, where this thing goes off the rails is, is if you've got a large collection and you don't put any restraints on these slons, the slon can can summon 
three things a turn, right? He's got three castings. And right. so if you summon, you can't use the same summoning spell more than once in, in a turn. But if you summon skinks, then you summon a sunblood, and then you summon some pterodons, you know, you could just keep doing that sort of thing over and over again. Um, and there are, there are a lot of ways to get that summoning number very low. So if you've got the constellation where he's plus one, if, if he's on an arcane structure, he's plus one. If he's got that banner bearer nearby, he's plus one. So there's plus three already, and we haven't even done anything like using rerolls or anything like that or, or pushing the, the dude that gives you the, the plus one to, to whatever. Um, so really, your slon has not got a problem calling the stuff forth. So what I've seen be effective is either um, if you're playing bring 30 and play 20 on a pool system, then the other 10 are summonable. Or, and or when th- what you brought is dead and it goes back into the pool, you can summon that back out. Okay. Or with SDK and the points, making a point sidebar or a summon sidebar where you can decide, like, okay, I, I, I don't want to pay for the points on a Bastilodon, but I will I will try and roll that 9 or 10 or whatever it is to summon him out um, and, you know, pay for him in a sidebar situation or choose not to not to bring him out at all, you know. So you give yourself a little bit of flexibility there. Um, you you just have to put some constraints around it because if you get, you know, the one of the early games I had was I went second, so I got three summons in a row, brought three things out. Uh, I had an engine of the gods. He summoned, had a huge unit come out, and then I won second turn for initiative. And again, I summoned three things with the Slon, and then the Engine of the Gods summoned again. And at that point, there was nothing that that my opponent could do. Um, at the size of the game we were playing, there just wasn't enough opportunity to to come back at me. You know, I just completely swamped the board. Um, I think they did one of the things that they did in this book, different than the Lizardman PDF, is. Now, when the when the um, unit is summoned, I think it's got summoning sickness, basically, it can't right? Like, move, I think. Yeah, that, yeah that, that that's like a, a nice little change. So you, what I found is the slon actually kind of gets buried. Um, like you have to you have to bring the slon up, and you can't just let him be a backline caster the way he used to be. Um, otherwise, the things that he brings out, because he's he's got some stuff next to him, right? He's already got an engine of the gods fairly near him to get the extra dice for that. You've got the the BSB near him to get the juice on that thing. You might need to have some other stuff near him. So you start running out of room real fast, especially if you're on the back line and you've cut your, you know, like imagine a bubble around him. If right. you, you back it up and cut the bubble in half um, and then everything comes out, but it can't move. So you've really pinned him in. And if somebody can summon something up or drop down into your area, you're, you're screwed. It forces the slime to come forward, but that puts him into a very precarious position as well. Um, and it, it helps your opponent be within 18 inches to try, try and stop him. So there's some interesting, just, I I don't know if I want to call it like balance, but certainly like the mechanics and, and to get the most out of him, you kind of have to put him into a bit of harm's way and have him sort of participate in the, the larger game a bit more than you did in the previous incarnations of this army. Okay. One interesting thing I saw in one of the, I forget which comp it was, but they basically said you can only summon one unit a turn, which, you know, made it so 
I, I don't know if I don't. I mean, I get it, and I don't I know see yeah. where that would be okay because he still has three spells. So you would still have put up a shield and you know do your arcane bolt or whatever. Um, in addition to to summoning, it's a summon army. So right. when you play fluff, I, you know if you're gonna. I guess I would say if you're going to lock him down, are you locking every army down and restricting uh, only one summon? Because if you're letting the vampires bring a bunch of crummy necromancers and summon up a bunch of junk, um, and he doesn't get to because he's, you well, know. I mean, what they were doing was that was that was the that was the rules for everything, like for all the army. It was just one. Well, then summon, that's okay. Yeah, you one know, unit a, per a, turn. A global yeah. rule then. Yeah, it was a global rule. It was there were actually two fairly. global rules that I remembered from this comp. It was you could summon one unit per turn. And you couldn't summon anything with the hero keyword. Mm, okay. And, and by doing that, basically what they did was that would that kept you from summoning up other summoners. I, w- I guess. And, and it, it seemed really restrictive to me at the time, but it also kept from summoning up a bunch of stuff that would summon up a bunch of stuff that you know. Yeah, but, but if that's if that's the goal, then you just create a rule that says summon things can't cast uh, the turn they're summoned or summon things can't summon uh, you know it's it's one of those because well, exactly. if you only summon just, one thing a turn then you've summoned just it. Saw the rule you... for the eternal eternity warden where he can be summoned back a billion times because he's their best buddies they're right three exactly. d2 together and by creating a blanket the hero can't ever be summoned well you know i'm just such a uh, kind of a fluff bunny at heart and i like to see you know, if that's that's why I brought up that rule because I liked it until I read that thing about the eternity ward, and then I was like, oh man. Yeah, no, I I, I would I, I would just address the real problem. And if the real problem is a summoned thing, summoning, and you get the like zinch chain where you get a billion horrors or whatever, um, address the problem. You know, don't right. don't tackle it this other way and have unintended consequences. Right. So okay. Like I said, because I, I like the idea of a summoning army. I like Nagash summoning up a bunch of stuff, pulling him on the field and having him raise up all his dead to attack you. And I don't mind the idea of the slan coming down and suddenly, ba-ba-ba-ba-boom, here's an army. It's kind of, it's it's very cool in concept and uh, a well, lot of these scenarios. Well, that's what he is. I mean, yeah. right? He's, he brings them in on Starlight, so. Yeah. So, like I said, I want, I want to see that happening. I don't want it to happen to the point where it's not fun for people to play. Right. But that you know, I I want to find a way that that it is fun, and so that's why I was asking about it. Now, but like, if you restricted it, the times that I had the the sideboard, excuse me, um, I didn't have enough troops to like summon three things and then get a second turn and summon three more things. Uh, the sideboard wasn't that big, you know, so you just ran out of stuff to summon until something died. So it was like summon two things and then hang out and shoot an arcane bolt or throw up a shield and then next turn maybe not summon anything at all because, because you're you're limited to your sideboard that's true yeah, your sideboard had been emptied out so now you're looking for other things to do you know and i thought that worked really well and especially if you're playing a lot of these scenarios it's you know how many uh pool uh, you know if you're playing with the pool how many pool choices of stuff did you kill well, you're still summoning a lot back. Maybe you still have a lot on the table, but I killed 20, 25 pool choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if we're going who killed more pool choices, I might have just won the objective. 
even though yeah. you still got more things on the table. So there's ways to balance that out with within the scenarios and stuff like that. I I want to see that happening. I'm glad to see that that tournaments are 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 allowing the summoning and even if they're even if they're limiting it and they're trying to figure out ways to make it fair. Um, I'm glad to see that there's you know the the initial first couple of tournaments you saw with the blanket no summoning rule. I'm glad to see that that's just getting dropped by everybody now. I'm mm-hmm. glad to see that they're allowing it because it is. It, I think it's kind of an important part of the of the of the game, at least from from a fluff player's perspective. So I'm glad. Yeah. All right, total side off the topic track thing here, but you and I had mentioned this before, and I wanted to bring it up before we go to break because when we come back, we're going to have one more segment uh, from the segment section called the Wrath of Azir, which is some of the bits of stories uh, that go into the battle plans. There's three of them. And we can talk those last, but all right. So, end times. Slan say, "Sayonara, suckers!" And they take off from the planet and they leave. They do. And now we get the new game, Age of Sigmar. It's not ninth edition. It's a brand new game, Age of Sigmar, and everybody has their. (laughs) You are trolling me right now. (laughs) I'm not trolling you. I'm bringing up this topic because I think it's a. I think it's an interesting topic because. I think you and I both agree on this. Um, then they bring in the this land. I say, no, this is actually a continuation. I mean, Sigmar was from the old world. These characters were from the old world. The slan are literally the slan from the old world. They left and they came here. So this story is just, they moved the timeline forward, which they never did for the last four or five editions. They keep freezing and backing up the timeline and freezing and backing up the timeline. They moved the David timeline David Whitech? Forward. Age of Sigmar is Warhammer 9th edition. Yeah. There is no doubt in my mind some guy in marketing decided that they could uh, go after a different demographic by rebranding it. This is 9th edition. It has major changes. It's like going from, I don't know, Super Mario Brothers to Super Mario 3 where he can put on the raccoon suit and fly and whatever. It's a totally, it's a different game, but it's the same game. And it's got the same background, and all the key players are there, and the literal army is the same army. This is ninth edition. Dude. I wish they would have called it ninth edition. It would have made things so much easier they in the transition. Warhammer ninth well, edition. And they could have subtitled for... it "The Age of Sigmar." Oh yeah. If they, Warhammer ninth edition, "The Age of Sigmar," something like that. Well, but hell, leaving... they could have even left it the same. They could have just dialed back the "This is a brand new game with no historical underpinnings." Psych, you know, like they could have, they could have walked that angle that they were selling it back a little bit, and and not push so hard as to say, Warhammer Fantasy's dead, and this is our new game, and here's a retrospective on the thirty years of fantasy in in White Dwarf, and we say goodbye. Like they could have, they could have knocked that off, you know, yeah. a little bit. Um, this is ninth edition, dude. It is, and, and it's and it's so many people are so angry because yeah, you blew up our world and you killed our game. They really didn't. They, I mean, the game is different, and they. Ch- but dude, you know, if you go back, and it was so funny. I was listening to Point Hammered, and they did one of those. The the they went through the different editions. Yeah. And if you look back at like second and third edition, I think it was it wasn't until third edition that they got points. Yeah. First right. and second edition had no points. They had different types of streamlined rules and. It's 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 very weird, and what they're trying is very odd and very different. And I know that I mean, once again, it like I said, I, I found it 
like I mentioned it in the beginning of the show, those guys who play competitive 40K, who are playing straight off the pamphlet Warhammer and not playing with comp and having a good time with it, just playing it like it is. And they're like, hey, you can do it this way and it'll work. And I was just like shocked. But these are guys who are coming well, at the game with no baggage either. They're, they're, well, they're coming with some baggage. And they're playing they're, scenarios. They play GW games. So they, right. they, they do understand the concept of points. It's not like they're just checkers or chess players where they just oh, show right, up right, right, right. pieces. But, um, you know, that's kind of anecdotal. And I don't know if that is a majority, a minority, a a minority of like 40% or a minority of 4%. Well, I can't, it's a minority and it's, I can't tell, you know, but you know, you, we, we can tell that all tournament players have rejected the notion of, of no points or no army selection completely. Oh right? yeah. No, I, I reject that too. And that's what I said. I, I still don't think that's going to work for a tournament at all. We need something. I prefer the pool choice personally, because I think it's interesting. Yeah. You know, it gives you more flexibility and, right. and, I'm always keen on that, um, but going back to the to where you started, I, as far as I'm concerned, this is ninth edition. It's a major reboot of the game. You know, it's Final Fantasy VII versus the previous ones, where right. seven was like, "Oh my god, this is so different and bananas," and I love it. Um, that's what this is. Yeah, you know, and I just, it's the marketing just got a hold of it, and we're like, we can really capture a new demo if you rebrand it in this fashion and whatever. But yeah. it's it's still my game, I guess. I don't know. I'm having a, <laughs> See, I'm I'm conflicted because rebranding it, it, it's worked. hard. It's like, hard not believe, to be. Yeah, I believe that this is a different game until I got this book, and then I was like, wait, this is the same game. Like my salon, if I had written some fluff. He's still around, you know. Exactly, and that's the, that's the crazy thing about it. And that's what that's what reading this book did to me. It made me go, "This is this is just the fluff being pulled forward." And we've got a whole bunch of stuff. Years and years and years have passed, and we're coming on to a new age with a new thing and a new this and a new that. But this is still that those those guys. Yep. And that stuff's still happening. That this war is still happening. It's still those chaos gods. Yep. And we're still fighting them. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, I mean, I don't know that had they called it ninth edition that we still – I mean, we'd, we'd still have a lot of this fracturing that we had. Well, there's we, always an exodus, right? Yeah, but people it, still would have been left. It would have been much cleaner in terms of just, like, the vitriol and the – the going back to Carrie's letter at the beginning of this thing, Carrie Ann, excuse me, Yes. Um, where – this this squad's mad at that squad for liking this thing versus that. Like I, I think a lot of that tension would have probably been dialed back. People would have still been like, oh, that game's retarded. But they would have moved on because they wouldn't have felt like their game got yanked away. Right. They wouldn't have been like, you canceled my game to start a new game. They would have been like, you changed my game so much I don't like it anymore, which is a, cute, which is a very different thing. I think if they had actually come out with Seraphon as the very first thing um, – with its connections to the old world, it would have helped. And then you, 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 so you have the Seraphon who've been there well before the Stormcast Eternals, right? I mean, these guys were there for millennia. And then you bring out Chaos fighting these dudes. And so you get that war. And then you bring out the Stormcast Eternals as the answer to Chaos because these guys are getting their butts kicked from, from constellation to constellation. I think that would have been a better release cycle for getting both new and old players into the game 
I, I guess they went after the new players by releasing Stormcast first and saying, hey, you know, these are kind of like Marines. Oh, yeah. You know, you'll, you'll feel comfortable playing this 40K players. And that's what they went for rather than sort of assuaging the fears of guys who played fantasy first. Um, they, Agreed. So, I, I mean, it's all armchair quarterbacking, and I don't want to burn too many hours on this. But I, no, I, I, I like I said, this is a this short thing. little segment that before we go to commercial again real quick and play a little music and then come back to the, the like I said, the wrath of Azir. Um, I just I just wanted to throw this out there because you had, you had mentioned it to me, and I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I it just popped into my head, and I wanted to bring it up. These guys just proved to me this book if if it did one thing it proved to me that this is ninth edition of warhammer no matter what they want to call it that it's still the story moving forward absolutely no, no matter how poorly it was written it's, <laughs> they did something you know and this is why we're so conflicted yeah once again ha- hashtag son oh yeah hashtag conflict oh my god i just tapped my freaking middle finger and and ring or pointer fingers on both hands together and made that stupid hashtag symbol when I said it. I hate myself. Uh, all right. So <laughs> it's getting late. Cool. Yeah, I hate you too. Oh, let's, great. Uh, that's, hey, let's all hate me. Let's it's take a, a break and come back and do another segment. How's yeah, that? let's do that. We'll do that. I think that'll be our last segment. It's uh, three, three short stories, uh, about five pages per story with a uh, battle plan each, and then we'll wrap up the show. All right. Fabulous. We'll be back. Check out that guy in the Garage Hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the Garage Hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. And we are back. After days and days and days and blizzards and snow, we're back. Yeah, buddy. With the wrath of Azir. You sound uh, stuffy. I am. Should I be worried? No, it's been days. It's literally been days, folks. We signed off and then came back after Christmas, and I got the holiday family illness. So if I sound yeah. funny, I'm all congested and yucky. Although I am heavily medicated, so this may be wacky frivolity. Who knows? Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Lots of Dayquil. So, the Wrath of Azir. This is the last section, the one we didn't really cover, and it's got three scenarios. Uh, they were mentioned in the uh, in the little timeliney thing earlier in the book. <laughs> and this first one is the Temple of Dead Gods. Um, apparently, Slanesh's followers are out looking for Slanesh, and if they find this thing, they might find 
him or something. They're looking for the resting place of the Dracothic prophet whose restless soul was said to hold the secret of the pleasure god's prison. And so, Can I interrupt you for a sec? Please do. that's what I like to do. Of oh, course. yeah. Hey, so, okay, so Slanesh missing. Um, Tyrion had, had messed with him, her, it, right? Right. Um, initially, there was a bunch of people clamoring about saying, oh, GW is removing Slanesh from the game due to uh, ratings and little kids and blah, blah, blah. Do you put any stock in that at all? Personally, I don't see them removing him. Um, I'm looking at the. In fact, I'll, he seems to show up quite a bit. He's showing up more than Zinch's people show up. Um, in fact, it makes for interesting stuff. His followers are constantly around. That's how I see it. It's just him. a storyline. It's an I mean, interesting storyline, actually. If he was dead, wouldn't all of his followers be dead? Because isn't that the whole thing with the demons? That literally every demon is just a manifestation of the will of the of that god. I don't know that much, but I do know that if they were trying to write Slanesh out, they wouldn't be writing Slanesh in with all these stories and whatnot. And, you know, I, it feels like one of the cool things about AOS is how the narrative actually move, moves forward, you know? Yeah. And I think people who've got the, the older uh, mindset see these sorts of things and they think um, if Slanesh is gone – then that is how it is now because that is sort of you know we don't we don't move the timeline forward so there's at no because point you're not going to see another back. book or story for two years or three years right but, but that's just not how they're doing this and 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 so, so I think Slanesh shall return you know the yeah. the the only bummer is I thought it would have been cool had um, um, Archaon's steed had a Slanesh head you know. <laughs> Yeah, but he's nope. missing, so you got three heads and none of them are the Sunesh heads, so um one of the why, things why is his he missing mean I can't have a, a head if the demons can show up. I don't know. True, but I guess I mean when I was actually reading the little fluff, it said they had all been okay. gifted uh one of Dragothing's oh, heads. Okay. Had that makes a sense. Gift if, from each if, of the gods. If they come as a gift. Okay. Slanesh cool. wasn't there, so he didn't gift them a head. I did, sure. if you notice, if you look on the page uh sixty eight and page sixty nine, and that being the page 69, where bro. that being the page where Slanesh shows up, I'm not making any inferences, but whatever. Um I will notice that all of the demonettes have um their their uh, their clothing uh, it does it does cover both of their breasts um, mm-hmm. the ones high ones low but it's not the uh, it, it's not the uncovered I mean so they have you know changed the they're they're a little more clothed than they used to be um, Did, but I don't they do that with seventh ed once they got away from the Wandia skulls I thought I think they might have but I'm covered. just saying but I mean they're all over this there's drawings of them and they're here and they're still using them and yeah um, I don't I don't see them going away they're they're a cool they're, they're you know, and they—I just don't see them going away. I see this as another storyline. In fact, it's a pretty cool storyline. All right, so I'm sorry, I, I pulled us off path. Put us back. No, please. that's fine. So uh, this is actually a, basically a pretty simple story. You've got uh, this um, Slaneshi Herald, or Herald of Slanesh, uh Klepsirian, and uh, sure. coming. Good yep, and they. Uh, Basically, what they go to this place, this temple of the dead gods, and they show up, and there's a dragon fate uh, dais in the center, and of course there is because that's where you summon things, and that's the that's the new piece of terrain. 
So at least at least they're working it in, you know. Yeah, I mean they're making I'm, these new I'm pieces cool of terrain, that. and yeah, so. Uh, you got this piece of terrain. There's all sorts of restless spirits, which look like the little spirit host models that are coming in and attacking things. And Slaneshi demons are coming in to sort of do this. And that then, of course, the Seraphon show up to to stop her uh, from doing this, which is now there's some cool stuff going on because, you know, they attack and they're not going to break their formation because they're Seraphon and this is what they do. And the Slaneshi are trying to entice them out of order to do all sorts of stuff. And the the the... I guess the the cool thing to take away from this story that I got was the Slanesh demons are whooping ass. I'm, they are killing these Seraphon. The Seraphon are staying in their formation, doing it through, but the Slanesh are fast. They're doing what Slanesh do. They're fast. They're striking first. They're moving around the flanks. They're wiping them out. And as they start getting closer and closer to the Slan, the Slan kind of looks around and says, yeah, no, and calls down an entire second army. Mm-hmm. It's just like the entire second army kind of drops in, and then it's like, wait, what? Oh, there's a whole other army here, which was just kind of cool. So one of the things that I, I think makes um, a good story is stakes. What are what are the stakes involved? And, um, you know, if, if I if I lose here, I'm, I'm, the whole galaxy will be lost or my empire will collapse or whatever the stakes are big or small. Give me a sense. And that's, so this is again, where I'm a little conflicted. You see it in all three of these stories that they give us. The Seraphon don't seem to have much at stake. Um, If the guy's losing his army, he summons another army. If they're almost going to get the Slan, the Slan will just disappear on a wave of, of starlight. And so I don't, have a great sense of if like okay can the slan regenerate or come back or anything like that or is each slan that we lose going forward a huge damn deal for the seraphon it's because if it's a huge damn deal they should have probably killed one in one of these stories to give us some stakes and to let us know that when they lose them this is this is pretty serious. As of right now, I I don't know how these guys on a on a timeline on a longer timeline how they could ever lose because they can just I mean unless they're stuck fighting underground and there is no starlight to, to summon more by, I I think that um, these guys are kind of going from strength to strength. Yeah, am I crazy on that? Well, I think I think what I got from them is it's not so much. Because it does, it does mention earlier that they'd lost a couple slant in some of the other stories, like some of the backgrounds for some of the other characters, how they had fought, like the one, I think it was the one of the, the Saurus guard or temple thing, the, you know, had fought, and when the slant had died, he kept fighting until the magic faded and they all went away. Right, right. And it seems like when they die, those special ones that are special to them are gone forever, too. So there does seem to be some loss there. Once again... They mention this in passing in like one paragraph, something that they should make a big deal out of. Because I, I, I think if they made a big deal out of it, these stories would mean a little bit more to me because there's just there's nothing for the slans to lose. You know what I mean? Or for the, the Seraphon to lose. If you die, you become Starlight and we'll summon more, you know, and that's fine. Um, it seems I, I, the stakes I, all seem to be that if we lose this particular battle that we chose, like in this one, if they lose it and they catch this herald, 
they might be able to find Slanesh and bring him back. So that's a big yeah. deal. You don't want them to catch Slanesh. But it never seems like, like you said, there's never seems to be much at stake for the Seraphon themselves. Right. It seems to be that the, it's like the mission, you know. It's like, you know, if we fail the mission, bad things could happen, but not so much to them. And I would just, I, I'm I'm eagerly awaiting the next Seraphon release, like book. I, I just think that the underpinnings for a good, interesting new race are here. And I would just like to see it fleshed out with more specific detail. Um, make me care a little bit, you know. That that's that's what I walked away from these three uh, stories under Wrath of Azir is going. I, they're not giving me an opportunity to to really care. But and the other thing that they that this, the you know we talked about this before, but it's almost a, an issue with the the lizard men and now the Seraphon is they're really hard to write from the lizard's perspective. So exactly. here we're getting the Temple of the Dead Gods, but it's from the the perspective of the uh, Slaneshi. Uh, uh, war leader chick and so it's it's hard to get a sense of what the Seraphon are thinking or caring about or are they worried at all and I just you know they become so such an arm's length um, army that I, it's it's I I think that they just need to take another whack at this and um, give me some stakes or give me some sort of personal, give me something, man. You know, the, <laughs> this is where like, you know, the, the, while the sword fight in return of the Jedi, the sword play isn't the, the greatest of all. Um, it means a lot because of what Luke is fighting for when he gets there, you know, he's sort of fighting for himself, right. Fighting for his sister, all that fighting for his dad, you know, and just sort of, <laughs> so, even though it's like, if you watch the sword fight, it's not the greatest thing, but it it feels. I I'm looking There's for the, a lot on the line there. for those it's feels important. here, exactly, dog. exactly. No, I agree with you 100. percent And I'm and I'm hoping that in some of these campaign books coming up, you'll see something coming up that that that'd be great. That mean just you're right. It's, the, just a little course correct. It's, you know, it's 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 all these wasted opportunities where there's so much cool stuff that's sort of behind the scenes, and they're they're focusing on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, quit showing me the damn pod race and show me something else. Quit, <laughs> you know what? You know what it is? You know, it's like episode two or episode two of Star Wars. Don't show me them running through the fields. Mm-hmm. Or is that episode three? I don't even remember anymore. Don't, running through the fields, the love story. Yeah, but you know, yeah. seriously, literally running through, literally running. Don't show me them running through the fields. Show me the weird Jedi training where they're taking the kids from two and inducting them into their training things and stuff like this and sort of brainwashing them. So that way when he turns around and says, dude, the way you guys are doing this is kind of not right. So when he turns at the end, I have a feeling of why he's turning. Don't just show me a bunch of little kids levitating blocks and, oh, look, they're cute. And then at the, you know, give me, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Show me, like you said, what happens when a Slan dies. Where are these things? Are there other things alive on this ship? Is it really just one Slan flying around? Or I mean, obviously not, because the Skinks are waking no. him up and talking to him. I, I, I think that the other dudes are there. Like you got just, some explaining to do. You know, I think the whole memory thing—that's their version of summoning. Exactly. You know, I, I, I think that it's a the, nicer version. It's, 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 a, it's the good guy side. It's the light side. Right. Of of that's how they're describing it. But. Exactly, but once again, 
you're focusing on the wrong things in this book and it's and you're leaving me cold where there's so many cool things that you're mentioning that I'm like, wait, what's that? Oh, don't worry about that. No, right. no, that's the cool part. I don't want to know about. Yeah, they're kind of fleshing out the stuff that, quite frankly, we've already seen and and done with lizard men. It's I want the new I want the Seraphon stuff. I want right. you know like the the spawning pools of the lizard men. Well, how what how do these guys do it? I don't know. Well, they don't anymore. They they remember. But here, okay, let, let, for example, from this story, we got five pages of this whole battle. Which okay, they're beating them. They're beating them. They're beating them. And then he summons a whole second army, all right? Then we get to this last paragraph. Let me read this part. Please. Klepsirian made no attempt to flee, reveling instead in the storm of emotions that heralded her imminent destruction with a sigh of pleasure. A dozen times, Kartok could have laid a killing blow upon the herald, yet he did not. Only when Quotek descended from the dais to face the defeated demon did Klepsirian realize another, far darker fate awaited her. The last sounds to echo across the temple of dead gods were Klepsirian's hysterical screams of denial. So wait, they now didn't kill her, they captured right? her? Yeah, what is that? There's nothing. After that, I, I get nothing. Like, right? the, the coolest thing in this story is that the very, once again... Possibly fo- the book. <laughs> yeah, focusing on the wrong thing here, guys. Or, or this isn't the time to, like, have something under a tarp and say, hey, hey there's something under a tarp, and then try and keep moving us moving on show us what's under the damn tarp what are, what's what's the fate what are what this what, was oh, the and, you had to know this was the book that everybody was looking at like the, and you to know, be fair uh in in the story real quick when quotech descends quotech is the slon right in this in this little story so he's gonna do some sort of thing to her and they're on the 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 dais right so right what's he gonna do and why no sense of it. Nothing. Not even a little tease of it. No, and it's just like now she's screaming, like she's ready to die. All the pleasure, the pain, all the weird stuff doesn't bother her at all. This gets her screaming. It's like, what? Wow! These are the things. This was the book everybody wanted. Uh, the first book of an army that uh, of a of a legacy army. Mm-hmm. And you took all. You you just you didn't. Oh God damn it. You, f- you focused on the lizard men part of it, not on the seraphon part exactly. of it. Um, scenario, once again, scenario is cool. You know what I'm noticing with this, too? Is What's that? I think some of the biggest beefs people have with the four-page rule set are like, you know, like, if you're just going to play, it's like, oh, just put out your armies and stuff, and then uh, if you have more than 25%, you get to pick those alternate victory conditions and stuff, and that's what people complain about, because I'll just put out... Do people the- use those? Uh, well, nobody really does. I mean, you could, and I've I've I I I've, uh, I've read of people using them, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, that you can, but every one of these scenarios, when you read it, they all say don't use those. Like, oh really? Yeah. Well, because they don't, because they all have separate victory, because it's because <laughs> the scenarios have their own victory condition set up. That's literally for if you have if you just like want to play battle line. Uh, that that I mean, those four pages are such a basic. These are the core core mechanics but it's these scenarios that make these i mean every one of these scenarios that i've read from every one of these books and by the way between july and december mm-hmm. we got three battle tomes two scenario you know books the the quest uh quest for galmaraz and the main book mm-hmm. uh we got three battle tomes and then we got the chaos dreadhold which is another battle tome which is based on all those, you know, all the terrain stuff they got. But there's scenarios, a bunch of scenarios in that too. All of them are like, yeah, don't use any of those 
those rules because we have our own scenarios set up. And these are all like pretty cool things. So it's another thing where it's like, yeah, if you have no imagination, you just want to set up armies and play, you can do this. But if you want to use these cool scenarios we're giving you, this is what you should do. And um, this scenario was a pretty cool one too. It's like you got to get your guy over there to that. You got to get your if you're if you're not playing the Seraphon, get your guys over to that dais and get as many guys over there as you can. And if they can get there, like unmolested and and roll a certain number, they can get to this point. And then if they can on the next turn, if they can stay away from the uh, your army, basically they they steal the prize and get away. You basically have to defend the defend that the dais. It's it's a pretty cool scenario. Well, I find just about all the scenarios are cool, you know, outside of battle line, obviously. That's just not the right way to, to play the game. Right. Um, I think, uh, I don't even, that's just the big miss, right? Is that knowing that this game is all about scenario play and scenario play is awesome in this game. They just, it, when they when they release the rules in that White Dwarf should have given us a scenario except for battle line, you know, something else. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I've no, listened to mistake. other episodes of yours and, um, it sounds like you're like the only guy left. Um, in my group, we're down to two guys who are willing to play this, but, um, yeah, you I'm know, the only it, guy. NW2 is pretty much me at this point. I mean, everyone else yeah, has gone to play it, infinity it, or Kings of war or, it Whatever. all just kind of fell apart, and I, I think it could have been salvaged had they just given a scenario or two to just get a sense of the variety of the game and the scope of the game, because the the game as presented devolved into a, a you know a hog pile in the middle. Um, it's such a better game than that, and this is just another one of those scenarios that makes it a better game than that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Man, well, shall we well, move on to the I'm, pits of filth? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. This is now we're we're dealing with Nurgle and with uh, so Nurgle demons and Skaven. Of right? course, yeah, because they're like you know they're like they're peas in a pod here. Deep mm-hmm. within the Scar Citadel lay the Runnel Pits, cursed altars of the Horned Rat, in which Clan Pestilence made their unholy offerings of disease. The Seraphon struck the foul Skaven Citadel like a blazing meteor. The Slan's vengeance set to burn it clean, lest the Skaven's ritual reach its completion. So there's your little intro to that one. Very exciting. Uh, they come with an engine of the gods to purify the place, and they're doing a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. Um, except they get there, and they're, like, getting towards the pit. They've got to blast this pit. Okay, that's the whole thing. The pit is where all this corruption is coming from. And um, they fight their way to the pit. They charge up the engine, and they press the button. But unlike every other movie where the timer counts down, and at .1 seconds you press the button and you win... They press it at negative point one, and they press the button, and it shoots it and cleanses it, but too late. Um, and so plague bearers start pouring out of the thing. And of course, when plague bearers start pouring out, then you get more fighting. Mm-hmm. So then you got some guy named Musafex, which I I think it's he's either he's either a plague bearer or that green weird blobby thing on those commercials for people who right. have a bad cough. <laughs> yep. Um, but he basically chops through the Seraphon until the Slan. Um, yeah, but he's he's he knows that the Slan is the key to keeping the army around. So he's hacking his way to go kill the Toad. That, yeah, that's his angle. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, 
basically, this one is interesting, but this one, again, does exactly what you said. Um, he's hacking his way through, hacking his way through, and the slam basically says, oh, forget this. We're outnumbered. We didn't get there in time. So he yep. sends the army and himself back to the stars, and he tells his uh, his star pri- his king priests, oh, just call down a whole bunch of meteors and blow the crap out of this place. Right, which is kind of funny, but, again, stakes not clear. And really, between the... The previous story and this story, these guys are nigh undefeatable in that, you know, we can, if it seems right, we'll summon a second army, or if it seems like a, a no-win situation, we'll just take off and we'll come back later. Like, I, I don't... Well, I mean, you know, you want the... I mean, it's it's their book, so they're going to win their scenarios in their book. But uh, once again, there's, there does... I mean, they do. They just seem unkillable i i read this and i was like man i wish i hadn't sold all my lizard men they sound pretty flipping awesome you know mm-hmm. i mean i like a good summoning army i love playing my undead for that reason i love just calling down more and more and more stuff and i'm looking at this going oh wow this is so cool and then but it's like it's like you said there's no you you, you got to give me something you got to you got to you got to make the stakes seem you got to make it matter in some fashion. Exactly. Um, if, you know, if they lose, it doesn't matter because they can come back later. You know, they'll just take off. And if, you know, the way that they've always made, like, elves matter is that they're a dying race. And as, as they die, they don't replenish. And so every, you know, every loss is is huge. They didn't put that feeling in this at all. So it doesn't feel like losses are a major a major part of of well, and it's, um, it does defeat. seem like the death of the slan would be important, but in every it, story, it's it like oh, be, I'm about to die. But it doesn't Swamp. seem to be. Yeah, because they just because they they just leave. The poem yeah. gone. I mean, they mention one dying, but then the guy who protects him, like, fought on for apparently like years before the magic wore off. And you know, if we if since this is the same lizard men as as previous lizard men, you know. Um, the Slon have always been treated as this, um, you know, they were on like the fifth spawning back in, I don't know, seventh. Ed, I, they kind of right. got away from from the generations of spawning. That was a big thing in like the sixth Ed book. Yeah, um, yeah. that was a cool thing. Where, but everyone just always bought the really, you always just paid extra for that lower yeah, generation. Yeah, you bought like the second gen Slon who couldn't miscast and he was just balls to the wall. Exactly. He was um, but... That one felt more of a big deal of like as the slon go and now we're on the fifth spawning, they're weaker. Um, and so you had a sense that the really old ones were a big damn deal and like Croak was the ghost of a of a I think first gen, maybe second gen, I can't I thought it was the first gen. Um, and so he was even as a ghost, he was still really strong. Um, or a, a mummy with a ghost inside of him or right. whatever. Yeah, just, um, the spirit was bound to the to the corpse yeah yeah i just don't get a sense of what the slon are like now you know i i have to assume some some previous knowledge um but it's really just not clear no they've they they they, they, it says how they got together and they had this big meeting up in the stars and they've got this plan and they get this this big plan of how to defeat chaos and apparently their plan is good because you see these stories man they show up and kick chaos's butt and then they do gone I mean, Chaos I wonder, is, should be running scared at this point. So if if they're still the, the same slon, are they still bound by the will of the old ones and the plans of the old ones? Is that even a thing anymore? 
I don't, you know what? I was thinking the same thing, and I don't think so because I, they literally said before he left, the great plan has failed. And we haven't talked to them in ages. So now they're sort of off on the stars on their own. And that's when they got together and said, man, you know, we were bred and born to fight chaos. And chaos has effed up every plan we've ever had. So we hate them. Like, they yeah. just hate chaos. And it's like, we've always had to fight them. And that's what we're going to keep doing. But I don't think they have a, like, they made their own plans at this point. You know, maybe that's where the whole there are no stakes kind of really comes from is they don't really have a purpose the way that they used to. They used to have some sort of plan that if they executed it and followed it correctly and found out more about it, that, you know, they would fix the world. And I just don't have a sense of their plan right now. And I think if we had a sense of that, then, you know, a little bit more could come out of that as to, well, we're going to fail in our plan if the slon go down or, you know. Because it's weird because it seems that, I mean, it says very clearly their plan is to defeat and destroy all the chaos gods. But everything we've read about the chaos gods for the past 30 years says they are not destroyable. Right. So it's how, like, well, how, how does one get there? Exactly. There's, it, it makes, it, it's it real, it's kind of contradictory because I didn't think you could destroy them. I thought, you know, you could, you could lock them away. Apparently you could imprison them. <laughs> well, they've done it to one of them, you know, but I didn't think that I didn't think you could just destroy their place. But apparently the Slon had a plan. Now they got a we, plan. We should keep going. I We keep devolving into the, the but this doesn't but, make but, no sense. But, <laughs> hey, 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 what's up with that? What's up with that? Yeah, um, no, totally. But, Ooh, we. but I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, it's like. I know that's the thing. Coulda, with this. shoulda, woulda. Every part of this book, it's like, okay, let's okay, let's go to the forest of the fortress of embers because this one actually does give me something kind of cool. Okay. Um. Uh, Obsidia Isle, home of the fortress of embers, floated upon a molten sea, for an age. Kaelgor, mighty lord of corn, had ruled the isle with a brazen fist until the stars spun into alignment and the armies of Azir moved against him. Undaunted, the butcher of Obsidia marched out to meet his foe. So the first thing that happens is you got Stormcast Eternals are battling the corn bloodbound on this island. And of course, it's your typical so far in the past five months story. 300 uh, Stormcast Eternals fighting thousands of corn bloodbound. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're starting to lose and now it's getting bad and then suddenly the Slon arrive and you got the Star Master Zektoka and this little, this little story about him is pretty cool. Did you mm-hmm. read this little bit about him? I did. I like this. Do you want to tell the people about it or do you got any any info on him? Uh, well, you know, um, just uh, duh, 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 duh. Um, okay, so he's the one who. Dreams about where things are headed. Oh, he's the one. He's the one who has the how he sees the dudes, right? Yeah. And so the way he sees, um, so he's watching the battle unfold between the the Corn Bros and the Stormcast Eternal dudes. And for him, the storm or the the Stormcast are just these sort of like um, he sees the the azure lightning, and for the Corn dudes, he sees shadow with like red veins flowing through him right. and that's just sort of how he sees them and he makes a move ultimately and kills the corn guy but he just sort of like peels him apart or like how does it do, i i can't yeah. remember exactly well, how he remembers it described that- it to me but doesn't he like essentially pull a thread on the guy which is like i don't know his veins or something yeah there's a really weird thing but he's also got that weird he remembers the dreaming city 
mm-hmm. from the days of blood or 8,000 murders in his temple. So that's like way back from the other, you know, from the old world stuff. And then he has this crimson path that he sees that Corrin's followers are on. And he's trying to destroy the Crimson Path all the way back to its source. And he basically doesn't under, he doesn't know, but he believes if he follows these battles down this Crimson Path, um, as he goes through and destroys it, that eventually when he gets all of the Blood God soldiers, he'll know if he sealed the Crimson Path completely. So he's like trying to basically cut, go down this, this path that he sees, uh, the, like you described, the way he sees it. Following it back to corn and and cutting him off and sealing him off, mm-hmm. but yeah. So he goes in there and this is really cool. He sees all of the the hammers of Sigmar coming in, but first of all, he decides to come in not in the nice little flash of light. He comes in on a comet, right? So this giant comet hits the island that's floating on the lake of lava, um, but it's a big comet and it basically destabilizes. The entire island. So as they're killing these guys, the island starts to sink. And so the Seraphon come in and start killing all of this gore tide. And that's the guy comes in and he just, yeah, he can just basically, uh, it reminded me of Neo in the, at the end of the first Matrix. Right. He kind of looks at him and sees how he's put together and just kind of reaches out and goes, nope. And yep. just takes him apart. Um, but then he's like, we got to go. The island is sinking into the lava. So... He starts to go, and then the one cool part is he looks down. What is it? Okay, yeah. So all this, but the Stormcast are all stuck there. Like, they ain't got a way to get back. <coughs> so they're kind of stuck, and some of them are dying as they're sinking into the into the lava. Thank you, Seraphon. But, well, like, so wouldn't that return them, though? Like, yes. I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll die and they'll go a back. a chunk of their soul or whatever, but they will go back. Right. Right. So, but so we sort of have okay. Sorry, sorry for no. Go ahead. Um, but the Seraphon see with, them and they know that they're not their enemies, so they start fighting together against right, the Gortide. I'm, I'm di- slightly different angle here. the The way the the Stormcast Eternals and the Seraphon are, um, they kind of can't lose, right? I mean, the the Seraphon can just return to the stars if things get ugly, and the Stormcast are reborn. Now they lose a chunk of their soul, so we know that. I we don't really know what that means, big picture yet. Um, but there was a lot of hints to it. Uh, I know in the last episode I was talking with Hastings about it, and that the quest for Galmaraz, the book and the Black Library book, the friends who were coming back were coming back stranger and stranger. The more times they were coming back, like less like they were. Right. So are they going to just be automatons after? 10 runs or well that's we what we don't know but it's it's right. it's it's starting to concern the ones who haven't come back too many times are starting to be concerned when they see the ones who have come back a bunch of times like dying is suddenly becoming an issue like you know at first they were oh well, if i die i'll just come back and now like oh look how we're coming back that's not normal so that's actually good right I yeah mean, now we've it, got some stakes there is like we Dying sucks, although we're not going to die, die. We will come back. But even that sucks because it's, now we're kind of yeah, the stormcast, we're mental yeah. in some fashion. There, there are consequences to them dying, even though exactly. they come back, where there doesn't seem to be as much for these guys. Um, but the cool part I like here at the end is uh, with Zektoka's task was done. With a thought, his army returned to the stars as the slant rose into the sky. Watching the fractured remains of the island fall into a sea of molten rock, he thought he could see a single figure gazing upwards, the warrior of blessed magic. 
Curiously, it held its weapon to the sky even as it expired, though Zektoka did not dwell upon this gesture as his mind wandered once more to the turning of the stars. So, like, they were losing the fight, and these lizards came and destroyed everything and helped them win the battle, and even though the whole place was destroyed, like, as they took off to the stars, he, like, salutes them as they go. And the Seraphon don't even know what the salute means, but... It's just it's, it's sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger giving the thumbs up as he sinks into the molten metal. Exactly. At the end of Terminator 2. Exactly. Yeah. And then you get another. Uh, what, what was the plan for the, uh, for the um, Stormcast Eternals to get off the island had the lizards not shown up and wrecked it? Like, wh- I think did I miss something? Was there the- a realm gate that they crushed in, in showing up? I don't know. I, they got I there somehow, either. but uh, maybe if they made it into the fortress, I don't think that was important. I think the important thing was that, you know, the Seraphon came in and saved it and crushed it, and then and then these guys uh, wind up, uh, I don't know. Dude. It, I, I, it's, ultimately, it's not important unless, you know, the angle of the Seraphon leaving them behind and taking off to the stars, we deem kind of like, oh, well, they come and go as they please, and, and that kind of makes them a little more neutral or almost like not a bad guy, but one you can't count on. Um, but <laughs> they sort of, you know what they sort of remind me of? Um, mm. if, at least story wise, they remind me of the Eldar in 40K, mm-hmm. where sometimes they show up and help you, and sometimes they show up and kick your face in, and you never know exactly why or what they're doing. They know because they see a different plan than the rest of us see. Mm-hmm. And so they just sort of doing things according to their plan, which makes no sense necessarily to anybody else. Um, but here, I mean, it's a little more obvious their plan because it's all anti chaos. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're hey, we're they're Seraphon there for the Seraphon. We killed chaos. We're leaving. We're hey, sorry you guys that you know we're helpful, but we're leaving now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, it, neutral good. I guess you know if you want to use a Dungeons yeah. and Dragons term. Yeah, no, I think that's more accurate, right? Um, they they obey nobody's laws. They they seemingly don't have any that I'm aware of, right? No, no. Um, I don't know that we'd go so far as to call them chaotic. We need to see more of their actions, but um, I don't know. <laughs> They're certainly not evil, but right. I just, you know, you read through this whole book, and I, I don't know if I've got a great sense of them after reading through it. No, you don't. You absolutely don't. And that's the weird thing. And that's that's yeah. the thing. Um, another really cool scenario, though, because uh, if you're playing this, well, if you're playing this on a Realm of Battleboard sold by Games Workshop, you already have all the little cracks in the t- at the you know or the, or the sl- slits in the board at the two foot markers. Mm-hmm. Um, those are basic great chasms that will start opening up on the board. And if you try to cross that, and you're not a flyer, you got to roll dice to see if you can jump across because the as it's breaking apart. Yeah, that and could so, be fun. Yeah, it adds it adds a little something to it as the, as the island's breaking apart. So if sure. you can if you can fly, you're like, oh, that's that's better, you know. Otherwise, if you're within three inches, you got to roll dice to see if the chasm starts falling apart and you start falling in. So you got to watch where your guys are, move across quickly if you can. Just some cool stuff, interesting. Like I said, fun scenario things that can sort of swing the game. Some of them, you know, you could probably adapt for tournaments. Some you couldn't. Um, but there's, I mean. Every book that comes out has got another three or four in there, so you're you're just they're they're piling up now at this point. You all sorts of stuff you could play, mm-hmm. but those are the three uh, the three stories, and uh, the and the three scenarios. All of them kind of interesting, all of them lacking that as you said, lacking that that sense of urgency, that sense of uh, 
that sense that something you know could actually hurt the slant or the or the the seraphon right but uh so that's that's pretty much the book in a nutshell and uh, that's pretty much the book in a nutshell i mean it's got it's got some nice pieces of artwork uh it's got a couple that aren't so great it's got mostly like all the all the pictures of the armies in action um like in in these sections are great you know the old army the the new army while i think the color palette's kind of fun and different and whatnot um it's not heavy metal and it doesn't it's not up to the standards of you know that i would hold games workshop to the stories there's an interesting kernel in a lot of these things and it's kind of it's it's cool to read them flesh out their world a little bit but it doesn't do a great job of illuminating who the seraphon really are it it really does a great job of illuminating um the holes in the story you know exactly exactly um it it's it's another it's a it's a could have been it's an also ran it's uh it's it's te- it's le- it left me wanting more, but not in a really great way. Now that said, they're pretty fun to play with. So you know, if if you're if you're in the mood for a new army, they're not bad. You know, oh. they 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 require a lot of um, helping yourself out with the synergies and everything. But that's that's just the way they play. But and they're very effective. That is some of the most fun that I've looked at with this is the different synergies that you can get with with the heroes and with the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, putting these guys together um, is that you know you can really make a nice a nice mix with these guys um, and make some interesting armies. Um, but you know, that's it. You know, I don't know. I just I'm I'm. I'm intrigued. Uh, I, I really enjoyed parts a lot, but overall, just disappointed that they didn't. You know, this was definitely not a home run. This was like a you know this no. was, this was a this is at, at best this was this they, they hit a double. Oh, you! I, I think that's being generous. In just in terms of what the book, how how is the book different from like the PDFs? You know, what's the point of the book? Gives us some scenarios. That's cool, but that's like. You have to give us scenarios at this point. You know right. that that's that's table stakes to get into the game. Um, I don't like the art or the uh, the army pictures, um, except for the old heavy metal stuff. But the new stuff, the new paint job, don't like any of that. And that's what they really focus on in the in that section. I think the stories generally fall flat, um, and I think that their history doesn't do a great job of really cutting to the like if 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 the great plan failed how do they feel about that a thousand years on i have no sense of that in this book at all really the great plan failed at the time of the end times you know when they decided that the exodus was on yeah thousands of Um, years ago mm -hmm. and so you know how much of the old world stuff is supposed to inform this i don't know you know and if they if they wanted to separate that i would have been fine with it but they they didn't, but they didn't do a great job of tying it together either. So it's just, this is a, one of those things where I think the idea was really big and it felt like the, the time to get it out the door and on the market, they decided to, for whatever reason, um, to accelerate. And, you know, the, it shows, man, it, it, it just shows. They got writing of, it, they're just not, I mean, 
I mean, there's nobody listed. They used to list who who wrote it. Like it was, you know, mm-hmm. by a guy. And I don't think now it's just. Well, they haven't done that for some time. Yeah, no, know? they've stopped. I mean, they stopped. I think after the Empire book or something like that. You know, for the in eighth ed. Um. Yeah, now it's just by the G- Games Workshop team. They're not giving anybody yeah, specific credit. And whoever wrote this, man, it's just yeah. There's there they they it needs work. It just needs work. Well, I'd, I'd say we just addressed the design team. You know, they they did a bad job on this one. I as as a book, this adds very little against what we had already in the Lizard Man PDFs. It took it takes True. away all the special characters. It it doesn't give a whole heck of a lot back outside of the like slon or the the skink characters or um it, um it took wizards. the Aethed PDFs no. and turned them into Age of Sigmar PDFs battle talk. Sure. You know, I mean so they, you know, but it's an exercise in branding then. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, got rid of the names of the you know, like I said, we all, all the confusion. Well, can special characters summon extra special characters? Well, they never had any intention of having special characters, so don't worry about that, you know. Yeah, apparently. There's Lord Croak doesn't have an a doesn't have a summon Lord Croak spell, so don't worry about that. You know, the other guys they're not there anymore, so don't worry about that. And here's the story. We're going to kind of spell it out to you, but not really. And since you can't understand what the lizard the way the lizardmen think, there's no Black Library book. So there's no extra fleshing out. I mean, those Black Library books have really helped flesh out what these books don't cover, and they don't have one for them because they're such an alien race, like alien in their thinking. They just, they had to, they, it had to hit home in this book, and it didn't. And you're right, a double, even using a baseball metaphor, is, is too generous. I think so. I think this is somewhere between... They're just fouling off pitches, waiting. Yeah, <laughs> like, a single, a, you know, base on balls. Maybe they got lucky and made it to first. You know, base maybe on. just just by fact that they've got scenarios in here. Maybe they maybe they bunted. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like it out. I don't know. It's yeah. <laughs> maybe but, they reached base on error. Come on, yeah. this is getting messy. Yeah, two, two nerds who are really in the yeah. sports. What do I know? Jesus Christ! All right. Um. It's getting yeah. late, buddy. It is getting late. Yeah. We're, we're falling apart here. The thing is, there's so many parts I did like, and I really wanted to love it. I God, That's the thing. It's like I'm picking on it and I'm banging on it, but it's coming from a place of love. It comes from a desire to really like it, and they just didn't I don't let think me. that we would be here if we didn't want to love it. That's yeah. the thing, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. That's, I was reading it going, oh, I hope he likes this, because if you really hated it, I didn't think you would. like. I knew if you absolutely hated it, you'd be like, dude, I can't even. I'm not. I'm, I don't want to do the review. I'm not gonna. I debated it. Yeah, <laughs> I debated it. I, um, yeah, I, I I felt that I I owed it to you, but I I my biggest fear was coming on here and being too negative about this, and I think I think my greatest fears have come true. I didn't. No, I didn't. We were, you know, what? we were honest, and that's what I asked right. you to do. I said, come on and be honest, and if it's negative, it's negative. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to sugarcoat what they did. All I'm but you're super is, fanboy supreme, and you're being negative about this, so I feel better about my position. I right? am super fanboy, but I'm honest. I just happen to like most of what they put out, but when I don't, I'm honest. Okay. I just happen to like 90% of it, so you don't hear this too terribly often. Right. Um, well, listen. But, I mean, hey, uh, from what he, I saw, Keelan Hammer, they didn't really like it either. So it's not like we're and, uh, yeah. out left field. Like no, you know, and they are fuck. Oops. Whoa. They are. I, I cut it. They are fanboys too, right? Yep. So I think it's okay to just if if they love Workshop and almost everything they put out, 
and didn't like this, and you love Workshop and almost everything they put out, but didn't like this. Um, I, I think that that more than anything else is speaking volumes about what this book is for the consumer. It's a miss. Yeah, definitely. It's a miss. Although, um, from what I understand, next week's White Dwarf should have, at, at least at the back pages, previews for the uh, Dwarden book. Dwarden book, end of January. I'll be definitely picking that one up. Well, uh, I think... I'm hoping I, that's not I, a miss. That's going to determine a lot, right? It, yeah. I mean... Yeah, this is now. This is this. Is, we okay. Go back to baseball reference. We got strike one on a legacy army. Yeah, I'm hoping not to see strike two. Although we are getting at least one new model with this new uh, with this legacy army. So that's already a huge improvement in, <laughs> against this thing. Yeah, already. So oh, okay. So you know, what, let's you know, let's wrap it up. We've been doing this for at least three and a half hours now, almost four. Yeah, oh, buddy. Uh, okay. Um. So before we go, folks, I did want to say, I, you know what I was debating? Um, we've been doing a lot of book coverage over the last few episodes because they've been cranking out the books. Um, and I've been debating if I want, I don't know what I'm going to do next next show. Um, it'll be New Year. Normally I do a, a year in review. wrap up. Um, and a lot of people have been avoiding it like the plague because of the controversies and all the bad. But I, you know, I've been looking at it and, dude, from July to... December they cranked out like six seven books so maybe I will cover it just just to kind of chit chat a little bit about stuff I don't know I'll see if anyone wants to come on with me and talk about a year-end wrap-up if not I'll figure something else out who knows but um we had a Wild West Exodus contest that was supposed to be announced two months ago and then our our website got hacked and everything got destroyed and I told everybody who was in the contest just send me an email if you were in the contest and then we're gonna have to draw it random because I don't have the entries um, so we did that. We got uh, most of the people who entered emailed uh, and sent me their info. And um, right before the show, we did a random drawing. And the winner of the Wild West Exodus contest and the Wild West Exodus starter box is Chuck Bell. So, Chuck, congratulations. Um, he, uh, Chuck, you are the winner, and you will get uh, that. I'm putting that in the mail for you probably this week. So... Congratulations. There's, there's no way Chuck made it this far in this episode, right? I, I hope he did. If not, well, if, <laughs> hey, if he's email, not, email the poor bastard. Well, Come you on. know what? No, he already sent me the email, and I've already got his address because everybody already sent me their at names and addresses. So no. if he's not listening, it's going to be like, it's just going to show up at his door. Like, wow, look, I won. That's pretty amazing. And then if, then if he didn't listen, he'll be like, I didn't even know I won. And I'll be like, you don't even listen anymore, you bastard. It'll be, you know, he'll feel guilty. He'll listen again. I don't know. Who knows? People, <laughs> dude, if nobody's listening at this point anymore, people are like, oh, Age of Sigmar is dumb. We have to go play Kings of War because it has an, a, a movement tray. So whatever. Oh, Bitterness seeping through. No, I like that game. I do. So yeah. whatever. I, hey, I have an army for it. I have movement trays. I'm thinking of making dioramas. But that's in the future because right now, dude, oh, oh my God. Talk, oh, talk about a sidetrack. Since uh, since we recorded last four days ago, I've got almost all seven pieces of, or eight or nine pieces actually of terrain uh, into the stone color. Now they're almost all done. I just got to go in and put on the highlights. I'm going to have a table full of terrain. I am moving on to painting my GW forest, which I've never really done. Yeah, and I'm actually going to put the damn leaves on the trees. Bold, bold move, buddy. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Leaves on the trees. That's me. 
That's what Bizarre I'm doing. plates of, of leaves. Yes. Exactly. No. But that way, at least it doesn't look like a Tim Burton forest, every one of them. So well, it's going to be done. In the in the three days since we talked, I picked up – or I, I Santa gave me uh, Star Wars Battlefield, and he gave me Witcher 3, and I got Fallout 4. Wow. Which I haven't even touched yet. So um, – I'm I'm quitting, man. I'm going <laughs> full time. Harrison was playing that Star Wars Battlefront and that Fallout Four. Man, that is those are cool games. I'm They're so cool glad games, I've man. just I. You know what? I've I've kind of I stepped away from video games for long enough where I just don't have much desire. Like I watch him play, and I'm just content to watch him play. Mm-hmm. I know if I start picking it up, my OCD will kick in, and I'll want to do everything, and that'll be it. Like I won't yeah. even be able. I'll, like the show will be gone. Like, right. Record what? What game? There's a game. I'm playing this. I, I no. So I'm, no, you just need to focus that OCD, right? I do. I need to. And you, if you saw my tweets, I've got so much of this uh, Stormcast Eternal Army going. I'm very excited. So that's the other thing I'm doing. Spray painting it up, cheating with the gold spray paint. I'm just oh, not not oh. cheating, not cheating. It's not cheating. It's it's a no. time saver, and it's a good it's time effective saver. Effective use of your time. That's what it is. So, folks. We'll be back in the new year. Sorry this was late, but sue me. I have stuff to do. So, all right. We've got uh, episode 135 all done. Episode 136 coming up in the new year. It's either the year in review or uh, or it's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. Might be some dwarf stuff. No. Nope. Might be. You know, I, no, I wouldn't be that quick. I, won't, I don't read that fast. But I'm just so excited about what's coming, dude, because they're just putting it out fast and furious now. I'm actually really excited about this next book, this All Points, the, whatever the book, whatever the next uh, campaign book is that, you know, now that Sigmar's got Galmaraz, we got to go take All Points, which is the thing that Archeon took and held and, you know, had. So that's going to be a huge chunk of the story moving. So I'm excited to see what happens. So we will see. Cool. So, Rotor, thank you so much for coming on. You are welcome to come on anytime you want. You know that. So, Thanks, buddy. They put something out, and you want to come on and make fun of it or praise it or whatever, you are always welcome. I always get lots of good feedback when you're on the show. I uh, I hope that they come out with something that's sweet, and I'll come back, because I don't want to do two negatives in a row, buddy. Well, when you see something sweet, you come on and you tell me. You're always... Rotor, you're sweet. You make the show sweet. Oh, my God. Buddy. <laughs> buddy all right that's you it you are you are clearly drunk on nyquil we gotta I, wrap this up so lit on dayquil it's not even funny so all right i'm gonna go take more medication and then hook up my cpap machine and try to sleep for the next seven hours other than that folks have a good evening and happy new year and i'll talk to y'all later You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through ChrisU at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website. Or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.
Are you doing are you doing music and readings for this one? I don't know. I haven't been doing readings with the with the battle tomes. I've been doing them with did the big Did you do corn readings? Am I misremembering? I don't think I did. I might have, but I know I didn't for the last uh Nothing with Hastings. No. No, I didn't. I ran That's out of fine. time. That show I, that was honestly, late. I, I don't think this book is worthy. I don't I don't think that there's great depths of, of fluff and you know, one of the I'll that's my beef. That. No, yeah, let's save it for Zoom because that's that's my beef too. They don't right. they don't have a pl- they don't have a place. That's Stop. The, okay, okay. 